Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. That dreadful fog that cancelled flights yesterday. Still bad this morning. It, it's, it's, it's almost not... Uh, well, it's not quite as bad as going back to the pea supers that I remember in the 60s, but it's certainly quite bad out there. Certainly out of town. So fog lamps on, please. Keep your distance from the car in front and you should be uh, just about OK. We'll let you know if the uh, planes are going to be... Uh, all awry a little bit later on this morning. One Direction are finally finished. Jan Moyer's done a great piece on it, saying basically they don't care. You know, they've got the money out the fans. Who cares? And they go, please support us. One Direction is still there for you. It's a lot of old cobblers, isn't it, really? But it keeps the little girls happy who sat there and sobbed their way through the concert. But as I've told you before, if you watch their last one on DVD, they have nothing in common with each other at all. Inside the Prime Minister's new club, it's got, it's got one of Prince Andrew's daughters who's a member, which means I wouldn't want to be a member of any club that let her in. Uh, Harry Styles has revealed his secret to keeping trim. You won't believe what it is. It's not what you think it is. Uh, the poshest bangers, that's, uh, that's sausages, 37 quid each. And a shameless model who tricked her way into uni. She's not a student, but she managed to get um, 14 grand, which she spent on Botox and a boob job. I could understand it if she was a looker. But she's a right old minger, this one. Seriously, she makes Stephanie, what's her name, Josie Cunningham, look almost classy. Which, of course, she's not. Uh, And then there's this peculiar bloke on X Factor. Now, I've not seen the X Factor. I can't comment on it. But I'm always interested in the stories, or as we prefer to call it here, the lies that people spin. And this is a guy called Anton Stevens. Uh, This bloke, millions of people saw him, even though the figures have been disastrous, um, brings the house down in the live show in an interview He's constructed a story of how he was scarred from being torn apart from his biological family and put into foster care. And so he spins this story out. He says, I don't know if you truly heal, but you learn to live with them. And yet Anton grew up with his mother. His father says, uh, I'm absolutely appalled. He said he wasn't adopted at all. He grew up with his mother called Pauline in South London. His dad, Kenneth, was appalled to read about it and said a source close to him said, Anton wasn't adopted. If he was, he'd have adopted parents. He just tells lies. Well, you see, I don't think it's actually telling lies. I think he probably truly believes it. I mean, apparently, according to so-called friends of his, he's been telling stories like this for ages. And now it's come back to bite him on the bottom because, you know, you can spin a lie only so many times. And so he talked about having a double first in English and history from Cambridge. The university told the son, they've got no record of him ever being there. So it's a case of, he's quite clear, he's a bit deranged. He's a bit deranged. He then refused to comment because he knows he's been caught out. Now, of course, the next thing is we'll actually kick him out and then, you know, then we'll have to deal with the aftermath. You know, I told them I wasn't very well, so-and-so, so-and-so. And so what the, the son have done now, and you can guarantee by tomorrow morning, they'll have loads of stories about him and what a liar he is and a con man. You could just see, you, I can see it unfolding. Because people go on the television, they'll tell you anything. They don't realise, because they're not bright enough to realise, that you can go on television, and I love it when people say, oh, I earn this much money, you think, do you realise that the tax man's probably watching this? They're going to work out how much you've earned. There's going to be people watching him going, oh, Anton, who also uses the name Stephen Marriott Johnson. So, you know, he's obviously quite peculiar. Whether he can sing or not, is neither. I couldn't care less. I'm only interested in somebody going on the television and the desperate lengths that they will go to. If, of course, you had Josie Cunningham, who was telling you that she'd happily abort so she could appear on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, you realise just how far it has gone and how far down the U-bend. Totally irretrievable. Totally irretrievable. When somebody talks about being adopted, you know, and talking about going to Cambridge, 
you suddenly think to yourself, well, that's very... I mean, I'm sure it's feasible. But, of course, it's rubbish. It's just made up. Just made up. So I'm sure that by the time we get to this weekend, we'll have all sorts of stories about him and we'll be going, oh, dear, another loser. I'm surprised he didn't enter The Apprentice because that place seems to be absolutely full of losers. Uh, the other story of the paper, I mean, every day, I don't know how they manage it. They must be doing really well. It's a picture of either Victoria or David. This time you've got two pictures of Victoria in the papers. One of her struggling to get into a car. All by her, her lonesome. She does travel alone. She's, you know, I think she probably has security. I don't know, whatever it is. And, uh, and David going through an airport carrying Harper Beckham. Let her walk. She's four years old, for Christ's sake. She must be able to walk. I mean, surely she's not on casters, is she? Perhaps they could just push her around. Bad story about the hoverboards for those people. who And I, I didn't go on one. My friend Jez went on one. But I think he'd been practising secretly. But this is one which they had. It looked very similar to the one that we've actually got in this building. And uh, this one burst into flames. Apparently it went like that. Set fire to the kitchen. £25,000 worth of damage later. They've suddenly started saying there's going to be, at Christmas, and you'll probably see them in the markets, fake hoverboards. They'll come from Chinese factories and uh, they'll be dangerous. They'll be very, very dangerous. But people will buy them because they'll go, oh, it's under 100 quid. Because at the moment they're about 250, 260, 300 quid, which is about the right sort of price for them. But uh, there will be copies, even as I speak, which are being shipped over to this country in time for Christmas. Because kids will want them, even though you can't use them on the pavement, you can't use them on the road. And if the police see you, there's a very good chance they're going to take it away from you. So be very, very careful, especially if you're buying something from a market and you think, oh, that's really too cheap because the boxes look lovely. It'll light up, which they do. They light up with green and then they've got little blue lights at the front and they're great fun. I've not personally been on one myself, but they they look good fun. But there's going to be lots of copies around all over the place. So just be aware. Just be uh, aware. Uh, Little Julie says a great time yesterday at the uh, Star Trek concert at the Royal Albert Hall. Uh, Will would have loved it. Lovely to hear the music from Star Trek played live. Uh, it was a celebration of 50 years. We were taken back in time with clips and music from the original series and right up to date with the latest films. I was, I'm, I'm sure he, he would have absolutely loved something like that. He absolutely, really would have absolutely loved it. Because that's, that's the kind of thing he likes, actually. So I'm sure by the time he gets back tomorrow, we'll be able to um, tell him all sorts of things about it and he'll be delighted. Danny Dyer... Uh, is in the paper today. He was the victim of gay taunts. It's his story. Perhaps he's got an autobiography out. I don't know. And he says, gangs forced me to move home. Perhaps that's why he swears so much. He does swear an awful lot, doesn't he? And uh, Ed Sheeran, £63,000 a show. That's what he's currently raking in. It's not bad, is it? Mind you, you've got to, you know, make hay while the sun shines. I think you have to go out there and make a little bit of money. And if uh, if that's how he does it by doing his gigs, well, good for him. I couldn't care less, actually. Uh, Danny Dyer. Oh, he has got his book out. He's got an autobiography out. I wonder what. Perhaps he's got to cash in on it. Try and make a bit of money there. And he's got his uh, fiance. He says, I was bullied at school because people thought I was gay. To my mates, being an actor is the same. Just shows what a bunch of dimwits you hang around with, doesn't it, really? Prince Harry doing another one of his hugging people thing. The other hugs, I think, a little bit too much contact, Harry. I don't think we need that uh, kind of thing. You wouldn't have found your mother. Can you imagine somebody hugging your mother? Sorry, not your mother. Your, um, your sort of grandmother. There'd be a bit of... She'd be looking at him going, just don't do that again. Please don't do that ever again. Not so good. Um, I'm intrigued by the story of the 100,000 kids who could be at-home 
for Christmas, or without a home for Christmas. That's how bad it's got. And don't mention kids' company. And uh, we will find the cheapest Christmas dinner for you. The cheapest Christmas dinner, and believe you me, just about every single one of you at the moment can afford it. I shouldn't imagine there's anybody listening who can't afford it. I'm afraid to go out in the fog, Steve. Well, don't go out in the fog then, stay in. Makes more sense, doesn't it, really, if you're frightened to go out in the fog. I quite like going out in it. And uh, and I, I, I thought, you know, if you sort of uh, go out there, it's quite nice. Uh, Ian went to um, to the barbers in Twickenham. He saw World Cup cut, so I decided to celebrate the occasion. And I met uh, Kasia. I remember you saying once, it takes 30 minutes for a haircut, five minutes for the cut and 25 minutes laughing. I experienced the same service. <laughs> he says, I will be going there back again. She thinks so too. It's only nine quid. It's cheap, isn't it, for a haircut? A friend of mine has it done in town. And he spent, well, in fact, I've got a couple of friends. One who spends about 60 quid on his haircut. You know, whereas I spend... Well, not as much as that. Not as much as that. But this is sort of 60 quid. Then another friend of mine spent £28 on a haircut. How can it cost £28? It just seems just seems an awful lot of money, doesn't it? Well, you can go down Shepherd's Bush or Hounslow High Street if you really want to risk yourself. And it's a fiver. A fiver. I mean, one of them, I'm sure I saw three ninety five for a haircut. And they're open to like midnight in Hounslow. It's ridiculous. Uh, Ecruians listening in uh, warm Dubai. Do you know, it's the only place that's never really interested me. I've, I've got loads of people who've been there. Barbara and Scott go there quite a lot. Loads of other people. I've got a friend over there who's in real estate. And, uh, and they all love it. It just doesn't appeal to me. I don't know why. Out of all the places you could probably go to. It's as having been to China recently and the copies of everything Western is frightening. Whilst many are of good quality, I prefer to save up and buy the original. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they do make good copies. Compared to what they used to be like. Years and years ago, you used to get the copies of, of the things. They'd sort of say, here is this. In fact, they, didn't they do a programme on the television? Was it Watchdog? Where they took a Marks and Spencer's garment and they took it to Hong Kong and they met this woman and said, can you copy that? She said, of course. And within an hour, they had a copy. You can get anything copied over there and it'll be the same. Qu- I, mean, I defy anybody to tell the difference. Everything now, I mean, I don't know where it all comes from. I'd love to trace it all back and find out where all this sort of copied stuff comes. You know the most copied item? You know, the, the thing that's got the biggest amount of money? Washing powder. Washing powder. They make fake washing powder. Who would ever do such a thing? <laughs> fake, I'd never thought about it. Fake razor blades, I could understand. I'm so worried about buying razor blades. I can only buy them from official sources now, because I'm so worried that somebody's going to try and flog me a, a dodgy razor blade. You know, you never know, do you? Never know at all. Uh, Jamie Oliver says he does give his kids sweets. Oh, another picture of um, Victoria Beckham. Still looking as miserable as sin, honestly. And this time with um, little Romeo. Romeo's got a little hat on. And uh, he's 13. They say it's a stylish hat. No, it'd be called You Look Like a Prat. Unless, of course, you're with Victoria Beckham, in which case it's called Stylish. And uh, here's Harper Beckham not being able to walk again. I mean, do you not think it would be a lot easier if they just put her down on the floor? I mean, this family, do they ever spend time in any one place? You know, they're actually flogging the place in France, which, uh, you know, contrary to opinions, has not really been used by the Beckhams. It's used by her mum and dad. They've used it. And I feel, I think Victoria's taking away a nice holiday place for them. It's, you know, the market is not very buoyant over in France, but it never has been. You can pick up property reasonably inexpensively. So they're going to sell it. Perhaps they need the money. Perhaps, perhaps, you know, underpants and uh, and whiskey modelling aren't paying as well as it used to. I don't know. Could be wrong. Could be right. Apparently there's a, a new TV channel called True Christmas. Oh, dear, I must tell my friend Ian. He'd love something like that. Quarter past four. Steve Allen on LBC.
Nick Ferrari at breakfast every weekday morning from seven only on LBC. Look at the team at uh, at seven this morning. Uh, Russia's aviation committee says the Metrojet airliner, which crashed in Egypt's Sinai Peninsula, killing 224 people, had broken up in midair. Nick will be asking, should airlines fly over conflict regions? Uh, campaigners say Theresa May's climb down on her controversial spying bill is just political spin. But is the government scared of another fight in the Lords? And as please confirm, 14 officers were hurt. Tried to close down an illegal rave in Lambeth at the weekend. Nick will be asking why the police weren't better equipped to deal with rioters. Did you see some of them on the television? I actually sort of, uh, I actually sort of thought to myself, they didn't look like people who went to raves. They just looked like people who were sort of out of class war and things like that. Nick will be with you at seven this morning after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Emma Crosby, Channel Five News presenter, is uh, is looking. At the newspapers for this morning, I know that uh, retweeting me today is Tower RNLI. That's uh, the busiest station in the RNLI, based on the Thames in London. And uh, they seem to be doing quite well. I wouldn't want to be out on the Thames in this weather, honestly. Very miserable, isn't it? I, I tweeted this morning, it's quite eerie when a bus looms out of the mist. It, it's a bit like a scene from Harry Potter or something like that. It's, it's so, so gloomy out there. I think gloomy kind of covers it. You sort of look out and you think to yourself... Oh, my God, what a miserable bloody day. <laughs> it's only Monday, isn't it? And uh, my friend Ant is up. Well, he might have been up. He was uh, he was up drinking earlier on. I tweeted him. I said, what in God's name are you doing up at this time of the morning? He said, I'm, uh, he said, I'm just uh, I'm having a beer with a friend, which I quite like the sound of. I can't begin to tell you what Harry Styles claims he puts in a cup of coffee to keep himself trim. He reckons he's got a 26-inch waist, but there again, I used to be £6.3. ounces. He's 21, so of course at 21 they don't need to worry about things. He reckons by putting a knob of butter and a spoonful of coconut oil all mixed up together into a cup of coffee, that's it. Don't try it. It sounds disgusting. I can't think of anything more yucky than a knob of butter on a spoon with some uh, some coconut oil mixed up together and put into a cup of coffee. How disgusting is that? But there again, why would you ever take any notice of anything that One Direction say to you? They're not clever, they're not bright, they just go on stage, bounce around to somebody else's songs and, uh, and take the money and go home. There's a piece in one of the papers today, Jan Moyer, and uh, when she first saw them, they were vibrant, they were all up for it and great. Now she says they look jaded. And she's not wrong. I I did buy because I, I quite like. I think the music's bubblegum, and I thought it's uh, I think it's good, and and it's and it was fun. But when I watched the DVD, it was the cheapest show I've ever seen in my entire life. I was I was I was quite disappointed. I was expecting something really good. They have no rapport between themselves at all. They all appear to be talking to their own individual fans. Harry Styles is completely separate from them. There's, you know, everything is done for an effect, but they just look a bit tired and dated now. And uh, all this garbage about, you know, because we love you and all this kind of thing, and it's not the end of One Direction. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. It'll be like, you know, is it the end of the Spice Girls? Well, by the time the Spice Girls talked uh, about getting back together again, the fans have moved on to somebody else. They're very fickle pop fans now. You know, for ages. I mean, one, one girl they've interviewed in the paper today, she reckons she spent 2,000 quid on One Direction, following them and buying the... I mean, T-shirts, 25 quid each. Well, you know that they cost less than about four quid. Less than four quid. You know, a, a light-up sort of uh, head thing, eight pounds. Probably cost to them less than 50p. Get them all made in China, ship over millions of them. And, and people buy it. They want to buy into the band. They want to buy into the... I don't know why. I can't quite fathom it out. Oh, sorry. Because I've actually never done things like that. I've never sort of bought in 
to a to a particular genre or a, or a pop star or anything like that. It just doesn't it doesn't interest me. It's obviously something that appeals to the girls, and it's something that they like doing. So when One Direction appeared in Leicester Square, I told you the I mean for three days beforehand they were all corralled around the square like they were cattle. You know, just so sort of the mighty ones can appear before them and, and the girls scream and they wave and and then they disappear again. And it's all over very, very quickly. It's a bit like waiting for the Pope. You know, you feel a little bit cheated if you don't actually get to meet him. And of course, they don't get to, to meet their heroes. So they have to go to the concerts and they stand there and they scream and they shout and they hope that at one point, no, he looked at me, he looked at me. And they get really excited about it, and that's it. But at the end of the day, Jan says, basically, the girls are paying for the privilege of that. These these people, if these fans turned up at their houses, they'd have the police called. It's a simple, you know, they're not going to waste time. They don't want to uh, to, to sort of uh, ingratiate themselves onto the fans that much, but they want them, you know, you're the best fans in the world. How many times have I heard that from a group? I've heard it, you know, from so many times. You know, where they've said, you're the best fans, we love you, we love you. That's why we're splitting up. That's why we're going our own ways. Harry, obviously thinking that he's got some solo career going on out there, I don't think he has at all. I'd be really, really surprised. I've seen no dedication to music, apart from going on stage and prancing around. I haven't seen any dedication. You don't see them all sitting down. You see them falling out of bars and going to parties because they're kids. They like doing things like that. They want to go out there and they want to sort of... And then somebody takes their picture and now go, yeah, because he's the worst of them all. You know, they all go out there and they get completely blathered. Uh, Harry just seems to go home and probably do jigsaws or colouring in books or something like that. But that's 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 the nature of the business, isn't it? It's it's going to be cold out there. It's like the people in the soaps. You see them, they get loads of coverage, loads of coverage, loads of coverage. And then all of a sudden they leave the soap because they believe the publicity from OK Magazine. They believe the publicity from Closer Magazine. They believe the publicity from Now Magazine. And they think, I can go out there and I'm going to be the next person doing Shakespeare at the National Theatre. And of course, the moment they leave the safety and the sanctity of the TV programme and the sanctity of the PR company that looks after it, they're nobody. They've all of a sudden, somebody, can I get some coverage in the newspaper? No. How do I get that? We have to hire a PR. I haven't got any money. You're not going to get any coverage then, are you? And they suddenly realise it's cold out there. The moment you either dabble with drink or drugs or a combination of both, that's your career completely finished. That is it finished. You know, it's very nice to go, oh, you know, I'm quite sure that Kerry Coke Toner will have some sort of career in the future. She won't. It's already petered out. It's practically disappeared now. And she's now got all these children which at some point you're going to be paying for. It's as simple as that. She doesn't have a job. You know, I mean, I mean, the best thing that she could do now is sort of perhaps move abroad, go and get a job doing something. Go do something. I can't, I can't quite go work out what she could do, but I'm sure there must be something she could do. Perhaps clean or something. Like Daniela Westbrook. These people are living such a delusional lives because the drugs have affected them so badly. They always claim it doesn't, but we all know it does because you can see the change in them. You can see the change. It's, it's such a shame. But that's why, with One Direction, they've made the money out of the fans. You seriously think they're all going to get back together again? No. Niall will become bloated and end up looking like just some poor little fat Irish boy with a beard, I can imagine. Uh, Harry Styles will still be prancing around Primrose Hill. And, uh, and he'll, rumours of him going out with this girl or that girl or this person or that person. And uh, I don't think there's a thing. Zayn Malik will disappear completely. There's no chance. Oh, he's been in the studio and he's worked with the best people. Listen, together they worked. Separately, it won't work. Same with every other group. Same with every other group. Very rarely do people sort of make it on their own. Very rarely. And uh, Louis Tomlinson, what are you going to do with him? What can you do with him? Pretty little boy. But, I mean, you know, there's no sort of... I don't think there's any career prospects there. 
I don't think so. Some of them are going to find it very, very cold. They'll, they'll get coverage in the newspapers, but it won't actually translate into work. And the worst, But it doesn't matter, because they've got the money. They've got loads of money. They've probably each got between, I would think, 15 and 20 million. That's why they flogged themselves to death, because they've been waiting, you know, for this, for this finish date, waiting for this day when they can say, right, finally, we're going to finish. Finally, we don't have to do it anymore. Love you. We really love... Because you've got to make sure you do that, just in case they bring out another album, which they probably will. There'll be a Greatest Hits album. And there'll be, there'll be something else coming out, and it'll be something they want the fans to buy, and that will give them more money. But the chance of the fans getting close to them, pretty remote. Pretty remote. But they've got the money. But imagine the age of 22, 23, 24, all of a sudden, no job, loads of money. What are you going to do? What are you going to do for the rest of your life? You need to get something together, don't you? You can't just sort of lie there thinking, oh, I'll just go out and get drunk. Because otherwise it'll be a very sticky end for you. Talking of sticky ends, here she is. This is Catherine Byrne. She seems to think that she's a model. And uh, so what she did, she uh, tricked her way into uni. She got a student loan for 14,000 quid and uh, she spent it uh, on her body. She had a boob job and Botox. And to be quite honest with you, she's really not attractive enough to be a model. It's a bit of a shame. And if she, she says, I'm so glad I invested my body rather than my brain. Well, quite clearly you didn't invest in anything at all. Because if you seriously think this is model looks... You better get those cards made for the phone boxes, dear, because it's not going to happen. You do not have looks. You've got really, really bad hair. So you've had a boob job. A boob job does not make you a model. You're not bright enough to be a to be a model at all. And you don't I mean, you don't look as though you're particularly tall. She says, as soon as the cash hit my account, I quit the course. That's great, dear. She has no intention of paying it back. I don't care. That's, I'm, I'm not worried about that. I'm more worried about the fact that you're so delusional that you seriously think that with looks like this... And to be honest with you, if somebody had said you were a bit transgender, I would have believed them. You seriously think you're going to make it as a model? What sort of model do you think you're going to be, dear? You're too old. How old is she? She's a wannabe, uh, wannabe model. A wannabe model. She's, she's 29. You're way too old, dear. You are really pushing the boat out. I mean, it's, it's just... She says, I'm happier than the people who enrolled with me. Really? Why do you look so miserable in the photos? Dear me, I mean, honestly, try and get yourself into the real world. I mean, seriously, you look as though the sort of person, or the, or the sort of picture, it's like, you know, I lost all my money to an overseas person who tricked me on holiday in Turkey. That's what the picture looks like. You certainly don't look like a model. The jacket doesn't fit. Just having a big pair of boobs and sort of bad hair and average makeup, you just, it's just not there, darling. It's, it's sweet of you to make an effort, but I, I suspect the, the best thing that you're actually going to be able to manage... It's sort of pole dancing, and you, don't, you look a bit old for that. 29. You know, big pair of boobs, not absolutely advantageous if you're going to be dancing around a pole. But, I mean, kind of you'd make a contribution to life. But, uh, anyway, back you go. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to five. It's Monday morning. It's the 2nd of November already. I know. Already we have hit the streets running, and we're practically into Christmas it's not far off it. With, you know, if you're not careful, in about three and a half weeks' time, we're going to be going, oh, God, it's the 1st of December. What have we done? Nothing. What have we done? Nothing. We need to sort of gear ourselves up for it, because it's going to be here uh, very, very fast. Very, very fast. Uh, as ever, says Danny, you're spot on, uh, with a finger on the pulse about what you say in front of television cameras. Yes, I've often said, it makes me laugh. It, not just television cameras, though, it's the press as well. If you say, people think they're being really flash, you know, oh, I'm a hooker, I make, you know, £600 an hour. And you think, the Inland Revenue are going to be looking at that going, check her out. 
Check out that one. They don't, they don't think about it. They're, they're too dumb. That's why this Anton Stevens from The X Factor, the man who's fantasised about having an adoptive family and getting a, what was it, a, a double first in English from Cambridge. He never even went to Cambridge. Slightly disturbing. But anyway, it's quite right. And Danny says, back in the 80s, uh, the owner of a company I was working for went on local television and claimed to have made profits of three million plus. Next day, the Enlam revenue descended on the accounts department with a very, very large tooth comb. As, uh, as paying for the haircuts, the price depends on the over-the-counter razor blade price. <laughs> yeah, it's true, isn't it? Although somebody said you don't need haircuts. Everybody possesses a pair of scissors. God, you imagine what they look like, can't you? <laughs> Back end of a bus, I should imagine. Uh, 84850... Uh, Somebody says, you're absolutely right. With all this fog around, it'll be time to play Spot the Idiot. Yes, the idiots will be racing around all over the place and there'll be accidents on the motorway. There'll be a pile-up at some point today. I can confidently predict it because people seem to have an inability to take their foot off the accelerator. You know, you see and you hit bad weather and fog in particular and all of a sudden cars loom up out of the mist in front of you. If you're bombing down the motorway at 70... It's uh, it's a disaster. It's absolutely disaster. Actually, talking of a disaster, I had a bit of a disaster on uh, on Friday night. Was it Friday? Yes, I think it was Friday night. Actually, I just made myself what I thought was one of my creations, which is uh, steak with a peppercorn sauce and wild rice. <laughs> Sounds exotic, doesn't it? Oh, and sprouts. And and I'm carrying it back from the kitchen into the sitting room when I trip. I trip. Don't ask me how big feet, whatever it happened to be. Anyway, I trip and I throw it over myself. Well, I can't tell you the noise. Ow, ow, ow. It hurt to blazes. And the worst thing is that I'd, as I'd sort of fallen, I'd kind of fallen into it. So it's gone all over me. So I've got it on uh, the top of my chest. I've got a little bit on my face and it's burnt. But the worst thing is my arm. I've burnt my arm beyond belief. I mean, it's blistered up nicely. And in fact, if you looked at it now, you would be quite horrified at how bad it, how bad it is. And, uh, and I spent the next 15 minutes hoovering it up. So the, the hoover, or the, uh, what have I got? I've got a Henry, actually, I think. And, uh, and that was, that, that's now full of my, my steak and my sprouts and my wild rice and my peppercorn sauce. I was not a happy bunny. Not a happy bunny at all. So that was, so that was, my, uh, that was my sort of bit of bad news for the weekend. But the other thing is that, uh, that Uber has hit a school for cabbies. I didn't know there was such a thing, but apparently there is a training school for cabbies. It's called At Knowledge Point. I think, that, I think, well, I think that's what it's called anyway. And uh, the drivers are taught to navigate the capital's streets. And uh, the closure of it, after 30 years, is being blamed on the Uber app. The e-hailing driver service is said to be killing off demand for the traditional course. Founder Malcolm Linsky who runs the school in Islington, says we're being brushed aside. Demand has gone down since Uber arrived. Trainee Stuart Chapman says people don't appreciate the skill. Rooney Keefe says quality prevails, will win out. Parts of London were gridlocked in May. You remember when the, when the cabbies protested at the lack of regulation with these, uh, with these apps all over the place? It's called competition. That's the, that's, the, that's the problem. It's like somebody setting up another bus company and sort of driving around the capital. It's a similar kind of thing. And the trouble is now, there's always been competition for the black cabs. It's either come from the illegal minicab trade, which is still operating. I'm amazed, actually. We must be the only the only city in the entire country where there's still illegal minicabs touting the streets. Because the chance of being picked up is pretty remote. When you do get picked up, what do they do? They just give you a fine, then they're back on the streets again. 
You know, I've even seen people... T- well, anybody will tell you. They tout the stations. They park the car outside. They walk onto the platform. They see people with Casey go, do you need a cab? And if people don't understand how a system works, they think they're just being nice. You see them outside nightclubs, touting outside well-known nightclubs in London. I mean well-known, well-heeled nightclubs. I watch the touts out there every night. The nightclub couldn't care less. They just want people off the streets after they've been in there and they've spent their uh, money. I've seen it all the time. You know, uh, do you need a, need a car, sir? A car around the corner. They're all parked around the corner. They're not pre-booked, which is what they're supposed to be. They don't bother with things like that. They just go and tout. The police don't bother about it. They just leave it there. And they just sort of let, you know, because it keeps people off the streets. Uh, Ian says, I've been an artist model in the past. His work sells for between one to three thousand pounds. So I might make five hundred pounds. No nude work. Do you know nude work used to be very, uh, very profitable, wasn't it? There were loads of people who used to do nude modelling. And um, and they used to sit there. The very idea of just sitting there while people sketch you, I'd find incredibly dull and incredibly boring. But that's what some people did. They were, they were obviously very, very good at sitting there, just sort of staring. I suppose you could sit there and sort of do mental shopping this, couldn't you? You just sort of sit there and think... And after a while, I think you, you cease to become naked. Well, that's the way you'd have to look at it, isn't it, really? Uh, why don't you just pick it up and eat it, Steve? The three-second rule. You must be joking. I was too busy worrying about um, about uh, about what's actually happening to my arm. I certainly wouldn't be eating it. Uh, exploited factory workers. Big surprise. Big surprise. Are being paid as little as 28 pence an hour to make jackets for the top UK brand Superdry. I don't know Superdry. I really don't. Staff are left struggling to feed and clothe families on meagre wages as they produce the gear favoured by A-listers such as David Beckham. But people don't check, do they? Nobody, nobody ever asks. No, no, nobody ever said. You know, I'm wearing a shirt. I've got no idea where it's made. I've got no idea how much the person who made it was paid. I don't know anything. I don't know anything about that at all. I've got no idea. Perhaps if it's said inside, you know, made in a in a sweatshop. That's uh, that, that, that's the only thing I can I can sort of think of. I can't think of anything. But I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know. It's favoured by people like Sam Fears. But there again, I mean, you could probably stick her in a bin liner and she'd be fairly uh, fairly happy. Uh, the dad of one who's pictured here, he's a garment checker, Ashok Kumar, says it takes uh, thirty workers an hour to make ten, with supervisors watching every move. I know, and they would be fighting for those jobs. They'd be fighting. We've seen the sweatshops. We've seen the sweatshops, so, uh, you know, we'll wait and see, shall we, what happens. But, I mean, is it going to stop people buying them? I shouldn't think so. 28 pence an hour to make these things. But, as I say, none of us know, do we? You look at all the items that you've actually got, and you, uh, you have no idea how much it costs to make it, and you've got no idea who's making it. Stephen Chelsea says, I've had coffee with butter in South America, not oil as well. Sounds disgusting, doesn't it, really? And Rob says, I once had freshly cooked cheese on toast full of my bare foot. It was like a napalm. Oh, it hurt, I tell you. It did, did hurt. Maybe it's down to people saying, why did you not eat it? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, Christine says, my poor dog is terrified every night already with fireworks. You know, I've heard no fireworks at all. Absolutely nothing. I've not heard a peep. Normally by now... I'd, I'd have heard of, you know, something. Something would have gone off in the sky or even in the early hours. Like, nothing at all. Not one firework. I'm almost a bit disappointed. I've still got fireworks left over from last year. What if you could use them? I'm not sure, I'm not sure if they'd be usable. I've got a couple of, uh, couple of rockets. 
but uh, I don't. I don't think actually. I'd. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd be able to, I'm too frightened. I think I might have to break them and then sort of empty them into one of the bins. There's a channel on television, says Janet, called Your TV Late at Night. There's a double bill of a show called Derek Acora's Ghost Town. Oh, God, honestly, that old fraudster. It's hilarious, isn't it? But people want to believe in it, don't they? They like that. Oh, oh, oh I've got a voice coming through. What was that? Oh, I can't believe it. Oh, it's your mother. <laughs> He's got a sidekick billed as Paranormal Believer. Oh, Daniela Westbrook, shove enough stuff up and know she'll believe in anything. Absolutely anything. I should imagine over her time she's probably talked to walls. Not sure how uh, old these shows are. I think they're fairly ancient. I think Derek Acor is fairly ancient, if not crossed over to the other side already by himself. I wish he'd take Daniela Westbrook with him. She's a believer. But again, she looks like that sort of person. She'd, she'd believe in, in those sort of things, wouldn't she? That would be the sort of thing. Mind you, it hasn't helped her in the slightest. You'd think, actually, somebody could have predicted her own downfall, but she never predicted her own downfall either. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Robin reckons that Anton is a very old friend of mine. But I won't spill... We, we don't, we, you, you don't need to spill the dirt on him. We know he's a fantasist and a liar, so there you go. And it's, it's got nothing to do with voice. It's called, it's called He's Denied His Parents. What sort of sick person does that, Robin? What sort of sick person does that? I'm going to pass your, um, your email address on, because uh, you haven't said I can't, so I'm going to, to The Sun, because my friend Stig would love to probably talk to somebody like you who claims to know him. That'd be very interesting. I told you, by, by, the end of, by the end of this week, we'll have built up a case file of him. He'll turn out to be the world's biggest fantasist. The reason he hasn't got an answer at the moment is because he's been caught out. And, uh, and I reckon by the time you get to the weekend, it could be, it could be mega. It could be wonderful. Just, I don't care whether he's got a good voice. He's not going to make it as anything. Uh, Sick, oh, sick costumes for Halloween. I didn't uh, do Halloween, as I say. I just electrified the doorbell and hoped somebody would push it. They'll only do it the once. But a fancy dress shop is hiring out um, replica costumes of Rolf Harris. Script to screen. Has put together an outfit of a flamboyant short-sleeved shirt, yellow trousers, a bushy beard, black wig and glasses. It's £23.50. And um, the Cardiff-based supplies costumes for corporate events... And they said people just come in and want different things. Somebody wanted a Jimmy Savile costume before. If people want things, we just put them together. It's not maybe think you should think about it next time. It's not, uh, not really the brightest thing to do, is it? And we've got posh sausages in a moment. Posh sausages that work out at 37 quid a sausage. Better be pretty special. Pretty special. After this, quarter to five. Steve Allen on L... Steve Allen on LBC can't help laughing at that story that we did on the programme yesterday, which was the um, the book that's coming out saying that the Loch Ness Monster never existed. It was just a PR stunt. I thought, no kidding. No kidding on that one. Good heavens above, because so many people believed it. No, they didn't. Nobody ever believed it. Only a few half-hearted, barking mad people. It's, uh, it was just there in a, in a, in a place where the, uh, the business was going down. So I thought, let's invent something. And of course, in those days, you could invent all sorts of things. Back in the 1930s, I think it was. And so they just sort of come up with this idea and they came up with this uh, this faked photograph, and uh, and they've never managed to get anything since. A couple of there's been a couple of things which I've seen on the television, which I mean are, are so laughable. I mean, a, a three year old child could have come up with something better, and it was something a piece of log drifting through the water, and they go, oh, that'll be the Loch Ness monster. You think, are you barking mad or what? Of course, it's not the Loch Ness monster. It doesn't exist. If they drained that lock, they'd probably find two shopping trolleys and a mini metro or something like that. They're saying they're not going to be finding the Loch Ness Monster anytime soon. They might find some sausages. We found, I think they're very expensive. Probably not the most expensive sausages in the world. These are posh. 
This is Kevin Turner's Posh Bangers. Uh, normally, uh, sausages work at about 37 pence each. Here's a 37 pounds each sausage. Because they're filled with pork from Hungarian uh, mangalites to pigs, truffles, stilton and vintage port. Sounds a little waste, isn't it, really? But there you go. He came up with the treats to mark British Sausage Week, which starts today. Oh, thank God for that. I must go and get sausages. I told you the other day, I bought this thing in... <laughs> I don't often rave over things because I don't like that, that sort of food. But uh, in McDonald's, this sort of bacon and sausage McMuffin kind of thing. Oh, it was delicious. <laughs> it really was. Anyway, he says the average British sausage is 35 pence each. Uh, these are more than 100, and t- 100 times more expensive. But the single bottle of port is £450. The Stilton, 250 What Stilton costs 250 quid? And the port works out at £25 a kilo. A single bottle of port, 450 I give my accountant a bottle of port every Christmas. It's £100. And it's uh, 40-year-old port. What the God's name is he putting in his bangers? I mean... It's a, it's a lot of money. He comes from Aldershot. He hopes they appeal to sausage connoisseurs. I think they're obviously appealing to somebody who's won the lottery, Kevin. I don't want to be rude, because it sounds quite nice, but to be honest with you, £37 for a sausage. God, blimey, I'd, I'd rather eat out in a harvester. And you know I'd never eat out in a harvester. Uh, I hear fireworks every night, says Robert. There again, I live in Luton. So, and of course, in your case, it could be gunfire, couldn't it, really? And uh, another one here, Beckoff, Posh Warns. Well, you can imagine when she gets a bit riled. Ultimate celebrity hanger-on-er, somebody called Ben Winston, uh, is talking about his friendship with David Beckham. He's also been to... Uh, to, uh, I think, dinner with Beckham at the house. And uh, David loves him. But there again, David, I should imagine, is very, very short of friends. I can't imagine that David has many friends. They always put down, oh, you know, David's got all these friends. Every time you see him, he's always out by himself. You never, you very rarely see a boy's night out with sort of David Beckham. What, what does he talk about? What's he got to talk about? I modded mod- some underpants today, and uh, then I had a whiskey. And that'd be as far as it goes, isn't it? But anyway, Ben has made a career of sucking up to people like JLS. Bit of a waste of time there. James Corden and One Direction. But uh, I don't even know who he is. Never even heard of him. But no doubt you'll be hearing about him now. They go, oh, he's the ultimate celebrity hanger-on-er. Perhaps they'll stick him in. I'm, you know, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. I like the idea of the uh, the census from 1939 and uh, and the secrets. And so the top job in 1939 for men, well, the, the top job was... Retired. That was the top job. Number two was a clerk. Number three was a motor vehicle driver, a farm worker. And then uh, shop owner and worker was down at number nine. And number ten was a, a railway worker. Coal miners came in at number eight. For women, unpaid domestic duties. I'm assuming that's looking after the house. Shop owner, number two. Number three, clerk. Uh, number five, retired. Six, machinist. And the top ten jobs in 2015 for men and women. Number one, manager. Two, project manager. Three, teacher. Four, director. Five, accountant. Six, consultant. Seven, administrator. Eight, solicitor. Nine, account manager. And ten, PA. So that's, that's an interesting snapshot of, a shot of, uh, of Britain. The names were very interesting as well. In uh, 2015, the top male name was Oliver, followed by Jack, Harry, Jacob and Charlie. Back in 1939, the top name was John, followed by William... George, Charles and Frederick. And uh, then it goes down. Thomas, David, Arthur, Joseph, Robert. Uh, Top female name in 2015 was Amelia, followed by Olivia, Emily and Isla, and then Poppy. Uh, In 1939, the number one name was Mary, followed by Margaret, Elizabeth, Annie, Florence and Edith. Edith. (laughs) 
Such an old name, isn't it? Every time I look at Edith Bowman, I think, well, it's probably very apropos, isn't it? Uh, very apropos. The good news is that the uh, mum and son who were shot on their doorstep because the father is a gangster uh, are making a full recovery. You remember two two gangsters turned up looking for the uh, father. He wasn't there, so they uh, so they shot uh, Christian uh, Christian Hickey and his mum Jane. But uh, that's what happens when you're married to a gangster and you play on the dark side of town. You know, you feel sorry for the seven year old kid that uh, that he's got a father who's uh, who's playing on the wrong side, and uh, the wrong side will probably end up with him being killed. I should imagine it's ridiculous. But uh, cops are hunting the gunman uh, when they ask for Jane's husband. And she refused to cooperate. It was uh, they were then shot. Next time she might not be so lucky. Next time not so lucky. They don't hang around, do they? These sort of people. If they're, they're after somebody and they think somebody's dissed them or whatever, you know. And um, another one here. It says um, talking of yesterday's London to Brighton car race. There were loads of lovely cars. And what did they put in there? Chris Evans again. I mean, can't they find somebody else? And that ghastly Alex Jones from the One Show. They can't promote her, can they, in any way, shape or form? But uh, they're antique cars. And first Sunday in November, 1895-1904. It's lovely. And uh, another one here says, uh, if you like port, I have a 1912 bottle. How lovely. Told it's worth 350 to £400. Don't like port, so I'll take 200 <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't drink port, actually. I don't drink port. Gives you gout, doesn't it? Port? I'm, I'm not, a, not a port drinker. I do have a bottle in the boot of the car, but I'm not a port drinker. It's there as sort of a present for somebody. I'll tell you what I did discover the other day. You know these poppies from the Tower of London? Somebody told me they're selling for about 350 quid now. People, you know, have, have sort of bought them. I thought they'd actually want to hang on to them, but uh, they bought them, obviously, for resale. I think they cost 25 quid. I've got one. I've got one have no intention of selling it. I wouldn't even think about selling it. But uh, if you get 350 quid for it and you pay 25, good investment, I should imagine. Very, very good, uh, good investment. Uh, Jan Moyer doing the One Direction and she despairs at four multimillionaires cashing in on little girls' tears. You know, all this garbage they come up with. And I was right, actually. They do have uh, a new album in time for the Christmas market. And of course, they want you to buy it because uh, One Direction love you. Yeah, really lovely. Like Peter Andre loves his kids. One Direction love you loads. Don't ever, you know, you've been the best fans ever. We won't ever let you down. Yeah, I tell you what, you turn up at Harry Styles' house en masse tomorrow. The police will be there in five minutes. OK, but Harry said he wanted to, we're the, we're the best fans ever. Can we come in the house and have a cup of tea with you? No, you can't. Oh, no, 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 no. Imagine, in fact, even if you saw him sitting at a pavement cafe in Primrose Hill or any of the other ones... You know, you wouldn't find them, actually, because I don't think that uh, Niall would be found sitting in a pavement cafe. Propping up a bar, I should imagine. And Louis, definitely, because he likes one or two sherbets. He's a bit of an embarrassment. The one who got thrown out of Malmaison, wasn't he, for trashing a room? Got to be really bad to be thrown out of Malmaison. But they've got T-shirts, hats, branded key rings. They've got tons of stuff to shift, and they want you, because they love you. One Direction really love you. And, uh, and they want you to go there. Although she points out... You know, every expense was spared on their show. They they, they come on stage and uh, they don't hang around. Most of them. You know, Harry Styles in particular seems to be ostracised by the others. Often downstage on his own, kicking his gold booties in the air, throwing lavish kisses to the audience and dreaming of the future that awaits him with a solo career. It's never going to happen. Never going to happen. I put money on it never happening. I mean, like whom? Who would he be like? What, what do they think he'd be like? A Justin Bieber or something like that? No, 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 no. I've seen their live show. None of them have got stage presence. 
Seriously, they haven't. They're a very good assembled boy band, possibly the most successful boy band that we've had with one Irish member, which Simon Cowell has put together. It's Listen, if it's coined them about 15 to 25 million each, you can imagine how much he's been making out of it. I mean, seriously good money, seriously good money. And, uh, and the fans have paid for it. But don't ever believe, you know, for an instant, girls, that they care. They, don't, they only care enough to make you to buy the merchandise. That's what gives them their money. You know, and the more they can make you believe that One Direction really love you, we really love you, us guys, we really love you, you've been the best. And as they said on stage, you know, you are the best, you know, fans in the whole wide world and we really love you. And uh, scream like you mean it, says Liam. So, of course, they scream. And then Liam goes backstage, has a few drinks and then goes off and gets drunk somewhere. You know, that's, that's how it is. I mean, some of the fans were very young, nine years old. Some of the older fans holding up some rather disgusting cards. But uh, they've gone on to be the most successful group. You know, that's what makes you beautiful. Don't ever know that you're... Even I can sing the songs. Unfortunately, that's about as far as it goes. And I should imagine, actually... uh, I mean, and there's one girl here, Nicole. I think she's about nine years old. But um, they paid £120 for the tickets. That's two of them. 120 quid. And uh, a £6 parking fee. They bought a programme for £7 and they had a budget of £20 for the merchandising shop. I mean, you know, £120, £140, £147, £153. You know, for about 90 minutes of some people jumping around on stage. And that's what people buy into now. That's why I've, I've said, when you watch Take That and you look at what they threw into their show, that's why... One Direction makes so much money. They're charging the same prices for the tickets, but putting absolutely nothing into it at all. The stage show had nothing. I was waiting for pyrotechnics and, you know, stilt walkers and all that. Nothing. It was really disappointing. It was like they were wandering through it in a dream. They didn't seem to hang around with each other. It is true that uh, that sort of Harry Styles appears to be off doing his own little thing because he gets all the publicity. And the reason he gets all the publicity is because he's got friends in high places. And so that's that's why. And people, you know, people go, oh, look, it's Harry Styles again. But to be honest with you, you, you wait till it's, till it's finished completely and then you wait and see what they're going to be doing. And the answer is they'll all be going in the studio and all working with fantastic bands and, and management and everything else. And it'll come to absolutely nothing. Coming up, uh, the news at five o'clock this morning being Monday, the 2nd of November. The Maddie Cops quiz a serial killer. It's a story that ran from yesterday. Uh, listen, if the Venom just got round to it now, don't hold out too many hopes. The trains that could be cancelled for Christmas. Oh, quel surprise. Lord Sugar's gone sour on the X Factor. Allotments are good for you. If you've got an allotment, it's very good for you. Uh, Anton Stevens, the X Factor fantasist, makes up a story about being adopted and going to Cambridge and getting two firsts and everything else. It's a shame, really. The coma victim who wakes up to find out she's had a baby. And Britain's cheapest Christmas dinner. Most of you, I would think, no, 100% of you this morning could afford Christmas dinner. You could eat it all by yourself, and that really would be good value. It's LBC. On FM, online, Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's four minutes past five. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. You're part of the five o'clock spike as well as the four o'clock spike. It's Monday, the 2nd of November. Uh, the Maddie Cops quizzing a serial killer, but they're down to four, aren't they? They've scaled themselves down. The crash experts who discover that Russian plane disintegrated at 31,000 feet. Lord Sugar's gone sour on the X Factor. Jamie Oliver now claims he gives his kids sweets. 
Can't have it both ways, can you? The trains that could be cancelled for Christmas. Allotments apparently are very good for you. The most famous board game in the world, Monopoly, turns 80. And the trendy jackets made for just 20 pence an hour. 28 pence an hour in the slums. And those posh sausages. 37 quid a sausage. Hardly worth bothering, is it? Danny Dyer claims he was the victim of taunts. Apparently people at school used to taunt that he was gay. Can't imagine that went down too well. But anyway, he has a book to flog, so he's obviously uh, trying to sort of come up with uh, with something interesting. And uh, another one here. Oh, it's uh, pictures of all the people who turned up to Jonathan Ross's uh, Halloween party. And poor old David Walliams, who, who seems to turn up like Billy No-Mates everywhere now. He sort of dresses up. He doesn't have a, a wife anymore. He doesn't have a dog. He doesn't have, a ba- he doesn't have anything, really. He just sort of turns up. Somebody said that they'd seen him. One of the papers did a piece on him. He was hosting something with Susanna Reid. And uh, they turned up in the same car and then apparently spent the rest of the time separate. Separate. It's a bit like going out, I suppose, with... um, um, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head, actually. (laughs) It would be sort of a similar sort of person. But anyway, they all go to Jonathan Ross's and they have pictures taken. And it's sort of people like Vic Reeves, Mylene Class, Jimmy Carr. They all go there because, you know, if if you're a posh person or you're a celebrity, where do you go? You can hardly go and sit in Joe Allen's or the Ivy, can you, dressed up like this? And David Walliams obviously goes to a bit of effort. And then there's a picture taken and then you think... Yeah, perhaps he's not all there. I don't know. I can't. I, we couldn't work out, could we, some time ago? Why? You know, this gorgeous model wife that he had, all of a sudden, just sort of up sticks and left. Just like that. Ben Winston is an award-winning and successful documentary music video producer. Son of Lord Winston, is he? Oh. All the people you've mentioned that he's hung out with have been the subjects of films he's made of them. A year in the making, One Direction in the Hand of the Gods. Not sure they were his friends, as has been portrayed. Well, they can't be, can they? That's like me saying that all the people who feature on In Conversation are sort of close personal friends. They're not. They're absolutely not. They're sort of people who come in and, uh, and we, we both do what we're paid to do. We did laugh, though, the other day. I, I wasn't sure whether I should have been laughing, actually, at poor old Alan Carr, whose best guess that he could get was, uh, was, um, was Nick Grimshaw and Yvette Fielding. Yvette Fielding I turned down three times. Why would you want to talk to some hooded bat who comes out of nowhere and starts claiming all sorts of strange oddities that are taking place? Let of old hooey. Let of old hooey. But that was the best he got, whereas Dame Maggie Smith was absolutely brilliant with Graham Norton. 42 years not doing it. A little bit nervous to start with, but once she picked up speed, whoa, there was no stopping her. Best, best lineup of guests I've seen in, in, in ages and ages. And uh, Sharon says, great programme tonight. Is that... Is that last night? Was that the Tom Jones programme with Ruth Langsford? Did you hear that one? Have you downloaded? I do hope you're going to download the uh, the uh, the show from yesterday, the In Conversations. Both brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Anyway, he's uh, he's made for... Oh, that's why JLS and One Direction and a spoof James Bond film with the Queen. He's the son of Robert Winston. His uh, his daughter used to work here. She used to be one of my, uh, my, my producers. Yes, Tanya, who worked at LBC, and I think you know. Absolutely. In fact, I can picture her almost immediately. He also uh, directed and produced The X Factor, currently living in America, directing James Gordon's show. Yes, there's this story about um, Victoria saying she doesn't want David Beckham hanging around with him because apparently he's betrayed a confidence by talking about what went on at one of their private dinner parties. I wasn't even aware that the Beckhams had private dinner parties, which is why I expressed, you know, incredulity that the fact that, I mean, A, I don't think she can cook. I really don't think she can cook for toffee. But uh, perhaps they have caterers in. 
Anyway, Sharon says, I know, because we're related. It's always good when you can be related to somebody, isn't it? You can say, actually, I know these people. I'm related to them. I know them very well. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. A lot of people talking about, um, uh, you know, pets scared of the fireworks. And apparently, play them classical music. Play them classical music. You know, that's uh, that's what you have to do to make them calm down. Funny that, put earplugs in. <laughs> put earplugs in them. I think that's the funniest thing ever. I do have a book out. I must mention, the fact I've got a book out called So You Want to Be a Celebrity, which is a very good little pocket book, which is uh, all the information you'll ever need about wanting to be a Z-lister and how you maintain it once you're actually there. Peter Andre loves his kids, which we love. Uh, maggots found in muesli for babies. They make muesli for babies. Did you know this? I didn't know at all. And uh, curvy fashion models are as skinny as a size eight. This was my other joke from last week. We've decided that Camilla from Kids Company, she's not the big person you think she is. We think that if you unwrap her, she's like a toilet roll. And she's going to come down, a little skinny person in the middle, but wrapped around her is going to be £46 million. <laughs> Since we can't find it at the moment, and she's not too sure where it's gone either. Uh, egg sales are soaring. Yuck, 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 yuck. Although I did have, what did I have yesterday for breakfast? An omelette. Got to think about an omelette. Ham and cheese omelette on a Sunday morning with some little skinny fries. Delicious. I, don't, I can't work out if it's good for me or not, but I'll probably find the fries are the bit that's not good for me. And I had a little bit of, um, a little bit of ketchup, and that was, that was breakfast yesterday. It, it, was, it was good, actually. It came with a bit of salad. I try, I try and convince myself that if I eat a couple of leaves a day, that's actually going to get me through, and I'm going to go, oh, it's part of my five a day. I've got to suffer the... Uh, the sort of the embarrassment of going back to the doctors on the 12th to be shouted at by the diabetic nurse. I know she's going to. I can just tell that I'm, I'm really in big, big, big trouble over the, uh, the bad numbers we've been doing recently. So I'm being quite good, actually. Yesterday was the first time that I'd had any Prosecco for two weeks. And it was only because we had to have at home our AGM, where we all sit round and we sort of talk about how much money we've taken in, how much money we've spent on this, how much money that costs. It's amazing what things cost nowadays. In our case, light bulbs, light bulbs. Doors, light bulbs and doors. Everything costs money. Every time you have somebody round, an insurance on buildings. Oh dear. So I had to drink. And so I had uh, probably a glass, not even a full glass, of, uh, of Prosecco, which was quite nice. And I had some of those kettle crisps, which, which were very good, actually. I didn't actually... Uh, I'd never eaten kettle crisps before because I never, I never quite fancied them. But I, I managed to force a few down. More than a few, actually. So the egg sales are soaring because people think they're, they're good for them. 6% more eggs during the first three quarters of this year compared with the same period in 2014. Most people eat eggs for breakfast. Apparently boiled eggs are very, very popular. Is that an age thing, do you think? A boiled egg? I see this thing on the television. It keeps running round and round. It's a tape loop that they're running on one of the channels. And it's an old lady who gets up in the morning before she has to wake up her husband, Wilf, who's a rather peculiar person, looks like he's on his last legs. And, um, and she does him two boiled eggs in the morning. Then the next day he has toast... Um, with sort of different jam on each piece of toast. Then the next day is a bacon sandwich. Then he has toast again, and then he goes back to the boiled eggs. So every fourth day, I think, it's boiled eggs, and he eats two of them. And uh, I used to eat them as a kid, but I haven't eaten a boiled egg for donkey's years. I can eat poached eggs. They're, they're, I, can, I can cope with poached eggs. They're, they're just about OK. Oh, Lord, there she is again. Princess Eugenie, she's so busy working, isn't she? And um, she was wearing a... Uh, a, a Snow White costume for Halloween. I don't know whether or not she's a bit simple or not. What's Snow White got to do with Halloween? 
nothing. It's supposed to be ghosts and ghouls. But, of course, you'd know about that. We've seen your father. Eugenie, who works for an art gallery in London. Oh, please. Does she really? She'd previously warned this for her Disney-themed 25th birthday party at the Royal Lodge. At that lavish bash, Eugenie hired seven dwarfs to accompany her. Her friend, Daisy Dodd-Noble which is sort of double-barrelled in sort of strange terms, who's thought to be the one wearing the leopard print cat suit printed in the, uh, the Shakespeare column today, posted the picture online with the caption, Snow White minus her dwarfs. Makes you wonder, actually, the royal family mixing with all the wrong people. Then you've got to look at Prince Andrew to realise that he mixes with all the wrong people, ladies and gentlemen. All the wrong people. Oh, what's this? <coughs> it's a lovely picture of Kate Garraway. And she's wearing... Uh, the thing is, don't buy a frock, pop on a collar. And uh, what she's done is she's bought lots of different, or somebody has, lots of different collars. So it's the same frock, but with different collars on, it takes on a whole new thing. And I've seen them on the television. There's this very annoying woman that they have on one of the channels called Moira C. And Moira C sells these things called scarf laces, where they're about 30 quid and you get three of them. And you can wrap it round your neck, tie it round your head. It can be a bandana. You can probably turn it into one of Camilla's outfits. And it's got little magnets on it. And she demonstrates she's so irritating. But you sort of watch her out of, out of morbid curiosity. She's one of these freaky people on the, on the television. And they're very cheap, these things she makes, but they're made in this country. But she's just irritating. You know, if, if anybody was irritating with a capital I, she's it. Tom Jones, as you know, was with me for In Conversation. You can download that as a podcast. You should do it. It's a really good interview. Tom, very relaxed, very chatty. Very good, very good. But now he says he's having a DNA test to see if his ancestors were black. He's trying to work out if his ancestors were, were black. He says, a lot of people still think I'm black. When I first... I'm sorry, I did it in the Welsh accent. I'm so sorry. When I first came to America, people who'd heard me sing on the radio would be surprised that I was white when they saw me. Because of my hair, a lot of black people still tell me I'm just passing as white. So he's going to have a DNA test to find out. What will happen if he turns out to be black? Do you think he's got black relatives? I don't know. How far back can you go now with your relatives? Uh, there is the picture in the Daily Mail today. You don't really want to see it if you bought the kids a hoverboard. £25,000 worth of damage. The kitchen has gone completely. Uh, it was a Christmas present. And uh, the grandfather charged it up. And it looks very similar to the one that we've been playing around with in here. I've not been on it, personally. I don't think, you know, if I fell off it, I'm worried I might do myself immeasurable damage. And I know that parents will buy these for kids. And once you've mastered it, it's very clever. I've watched loads of people use it. And they, really, it's, it's, it's very clever. But if you buy one that's maybe a bit, uh, a bit moody, as they say, in other words, you've paid under the odds for it, the chances are it's a copy. I don't know how you're supposed to work this out, apart from price. So, in other words, if you're paying, you know, 250 quid or something like that, uh, then you're probably getting a genuine one. If you're paying 70 quid, you're probably getting a moody one. Uh, the Watchdog programme reported that the, the plugs supplied with some hoverboards, most of which are made in China, didn't have fuses. Boo. Are you serious? And could be at risk of overheating. So that's the danger. That is the danger. Because what you do is you just plug it in. I think it comes with a charge which plugs into the mains. Anyway, this one they had. And um, Paul Hodgkin, Hodgkinson believed it would be the ideal present for his kids. However, uh, it exploded in the kitchen. 25,000... I mean, literally, it's taken out the entire kitchen. Uh, if you're thinking of buying one, make sure that the, uh, the charger that comes with it has got a fuse. Because if it doesn't... Take a look at the picture of Paul Hodgkin, Hodginson's uh, kitchen and you wouldn't touch one of these things ever again. Quarter past five. The BBC are changing the uh, Remembrance Day service at the Royal Albert Hall. How it works at the moment 
And I've been on quite a number of occasions. It's, uh, it's one of the best things you could ever go to. It's, it's fantastic. The Festival of Remembrance at the Royal Albert Hall is one of the most moving things I've ever seen. But uh, it always starts with the Armed Forces uh, Charities National Standard being marched into the auditorium, followed by more than 100 flags of all the local branches. Well, they're dispensing with that. The, the show is going to start, and I call it a show because they do two performances of it, uh, is going to start with the arrival of the Queen and other members of the royal family. The flags will already be in place because they think that can speed it up a little bit because it's... Uh, I mean, I don't have any problem with any of it at all. I think the whole thing is brilliant from start to finish. But uh, MPs uh, have said it's, uh, it's ridiculous. It'll upset the... Uh, the public? I don't think it will at all. They're all going to be in there, all the standard bearers. It's just that they're going to be in there. For the people in the in the auditorium, in the Royal Albert Hall, they'll be seeing that happening. But for the television viewers, they won't. It'll be starting with the arrival of Her Majesty the Queen. It is, a, it is a, an amazing event. We were sitting quite close, actually. Well, I would say quite close, within waving distance of the, uh, the Royal Box, which has got everybody in it. All the members of the Royal Family are there, members of the government. It's very, very good indeed. Seven million viewers will watch they say, uh, from the Royal Albert Hall on Saturday. And, and oh, as always, the, uh, the most moving bit will be the War Widows. If you're there, it's even more moving. And when you watch it back on television, I guarantee not a dry eye in the house. But I don't think it'll make too much difference at the beginning. I think people are making a bit of a mountain out of a molehill. Patrick says kettle crisps, vegetable ones. I bought some crisps a short while ago, about, well, I say a short while, about a year ago, which were all vegetables. Sliced vegetables. They were still fried, I suppose. It doesn't actually make any difference, does it? But uh, sliced vegetables, not particularly good for you. Not particularly good. Uh, more on the illegal Halloween rave. And then you look at the people here, the, the so-called revellers who go to... These people aren't revellers who go to raves. People who go to raves don't dress like this. These people are dressed for a night on the streets. That's what they are. People who go to raves turn up hardly wearing anything. They drink bottles of water because they're mainly on drugs. And these people started pelting police with petrol bombs. I'm sorry, people don't go to raves with petrol bombs. They're so stoned out of their mind. They're, they're, they're just grateful to stand in the corner and talk to an ashtray. That's all it is. But uh, last night, 14, 14 police officers were hurt. But you look at the picture of the people. These aren't ravers. These are people who've deliberately gone down there to cause trouble with the police. In fact, I, I think there was an orchestrated campaign to try and get people to go down there. So, again, it's people, you know, calling them scum because it was held in Scum Street, I believe. I think that's the, that's the only reason it was called scum. Uh, bad news if you're an avocado lover. I do like avocado. Chicken and avocado. Somebody told me avocado is very fattening, so I'm not eating that much of it. Apparently, hefty increases in the cost because... They say, your favourite salad food. I suppose it is a salad food, isn't it, really? I don't know. The price hike's been blamed on a surge in demand and a poor harvest caused by the adverse weather conditions. Sales of the creamy superfood uh, are up by as much as 25%. Wow. I didn't realise, actually. I, I do like... I do, oh, sorry. I do like... Um, I do like avocado. I think, I think it's quite nice. And you can mash it up. Although a friend of mine... Has um, he's bought? He was given when he left uh, one of these Nutribullet things, and he's been having all sorts of stuff with spinach in there and everything else. And I thought, I don't think if you drink too many, sm I think too many smoothies is not very good for you, is it really? I don't think so. Uh, Warren's very sad this weekend. He said because uh, he said, do you remember back in the early nineties there was a group called the Urban Cookie Collective? Uh, well, the lead singer died last week. Now, I, I remember the record because they had, and he says that in my days clubbing at the Fridge in the Royal Vauxhall Tavern, uh, she sang, I've got the key, I've got the secret. Um, but I can't remember what her name was. Did she die in Manchester? I think there was, uh, I, 
I cannot remember, actually. It was a, it was a woman who was the uh, the lead singer. The key, the secret, feels like heaven. It could be... Wait a minute. Having a look here. Some with Rohan Heath. Uh, my, it's also... I remember it, actually. It was used in, um, in Queer as Folk, I think, back in 2000. So written by... But who was singing the blasted thing? Who was singing it? That's the thing. So the key, the secret, brought out... Uh, the other moment of... Simon Bentall... Oh, all sorts. Oh, that's right. Diane Charlemagne. Diane Charlemagne was the one who died. I do remember that, actually. I do remember that one. I do remember the song, actually, because it, it cropped up on Queer as Folk. And I remember thinking, that's really good, isn't it? Yeah, she wasn't very old, was she, actually? So uh, she was uh, 51. She had uh, cancer, died on the 28th of October. It's always sad, isn't it, when a little bit of your sort of life and something that you remember so well passes on. By the way, apparently avocado is not fattening, says Warren. It's a good fat. Oh, I like a good fat. I do like avocado. You've got to buy them when they're fresh, haven't you, though? Because you don't want to buy rock-hard uh, avocados. But it's supposedly good for you as well. It's got all sorts of things in it. It's like bananas. I try and eat a banana once a week because I, I think bananas are very good. Diane Charlemagne, singer, and, uh, and Moby. And Moby as well, says, uh, says Warren. Uh, and also on Goldie's Inner City Life. She's one of these people, they know, obviously sort of... Um, sang on lots of people's things and was and was very good at it very good you can go and refresh yourself by going onto youtube and having a listen to uh, to that one again we like lollipop ladies and men but here's one who's been banned one person complained why do they complain about a lollipop lady not because they just step into the middle of the road this is betty dixon betty's 74 she's a very chirpy little person she's a bright spot on the school run she loves doing it and uh, she's been doing it for ages and um it's in glasgow and at St Maria Goretti Primary in Cranhill, uh, they love her too. And um, she waved. She, I know. She waved at a car. And so the, um, believe it or not, her bosses have said that waving breaches health and safety rules. They've even sent a lollipop man down there to, uh, to make sure she obeys the ban. She said, I just wave at the children. She said she makes the children's day. I'm that sort of person. I'd just love to be able to wave. Now, if I can, I bow to make way for not waving. I bow to those still waving. A lot of people in the cars bow or nod their head just to recognise I'm there. I think it's nice. I can't believe somebody's complained about her waving. Honestly, aren't they barking mad? This, this, this follows the, uh, the waving ban. Follows the case of Lollipop Man, uh, Nixana Madanki. He was banned from giving children high fives at a school in Dumbarton in February. Council chief said he was breaching safety rules. Mrs Dixon's got 24 grandchildren, 18 great-grandchildren, and she was told by bosses at Cordia to stop waving following a complaint by the member of the public. They said it was a health and safety rule. I've never had an accident here. I've, uh, I've never nearly had an accident here. I don't understand my driver's stop even before I put the lollipop up. And she said, and then for two weeks they, they sent a man, a lollipop man, to make sure that I didn't wave at anybody. So parents have rallied around. They've said she's brilliant. A spokesman for Cordia said, a member of the public expressed concern about the behaviour of one of our school crossing patrollers. We had a chat and they were provided with further training. We are satisfied the issue is now resolved. What a bunch of miseries. You miserable little so-and-sos. And who is that one, though? You can imagine he's got one of those very sort of irritating little voices. She's a lollipop lady. She waves at children. Grow up, Cordia. Horrible people. Horrible people. Why shouldn't she wave? Oh, dear, honestly. 
It's ghastly, isn't it? Just when the kids go to school, hello, hello, Granny Winkworth, hello. No, sorry, Granny Dixon. I've rechanged her name, actually, now. And um, and you sort of th- th- think to yourself, come on, she's doing a good job. And one person complains, and they go, uh, we have retrained her. That was almost the same as the other day, wasn't it? When uh, the, the guide dog tried to go into the supermarket, and the bloke needed retraining because he didn't know what a guide dog was. Listen, if he doesn't know what a guide dog is, he's not going to sh- to stop shoplifters, is he, for goodness sake? <gasps> Goodness me. We need more lollipop ladies and men. That's what we need. We need more people who sort of, you know, are interested in the kids and sort of want to wave at them and make them feel a bit better as they're going to school. It's a bit of a frightening experience. But the lollipop lady is the link between this side of the road and that side of the road. She's the one who sees them across safely. She's a nice person. She's got lots of grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And miserable old people at Cordia. She has been retrained. We've been down there to make sure the old bag doesn't uh, wave at anybody ever again. Horrible people. Horrible, horrible people. It's 5.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. And in particular, Scally Ranks up there in uh, Manchesterford. I like the idea, actually, of the... Uh, of the Zeppelin-type balloon with Steve Allen's 4AM spike and the LBC logo on the side of it. I think, that, I think that's, that's a winner. I think they're all winners, actually. I think you're terribly clever. Very, very clever this morning. I hope it's not as uh, misty and overcast as uh, up there. It, uh, it is down here. I don't know whether the flights are going to be cancelled. I'm sure there will be uh, something. Uh, maybe you could remind people, Steve, on the rules behind using fog lamps. Well, in town, uh, not, apparently, but out on the motorways. I think it's dirty. It's just keeping your distance, isn't it, from the car in front? I'm always amazed whenever I've been out there on the motorway and it has been bad weather, either driving rain or I've had bad snow or fog or something like that. And the speed of cars... I mean, small wonder there isn't, you know, any more accidents out there. But I've just got a feeling today there are going to be absolutely, you know, accidents all over the place because people just don't, people just don't adhere to the roads, which which worries me somewhat. Um, Gavin uh, Toomey's a film writer and director. I know he's with us this morning, which is quite nice. It's amazing how many people from all different professions are up, which I like, actually. And uh, another one here. How unprofessional. Turn off you, turn off you mobile. Turn off you. To you, mobile, you turn off you. It can be heard going off seven times. I know. If it winds you up, I'm more than happy with it. And uh, a lot of people talking about um, uh, vegetable crisps. Apparently, they aren't as good for me as I thought they were supposed to be because it's the it's the fry. I thought they wouldn't be particularly good, but I don't have that many of them. I'm not a not a particular uh, crisp fanatic. I don't. Uh, I used to years ago, and I've sort of you know the only one I can't stand cheese and onion crisps. Yuck! 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 Can't stand anything like that. Uh, diabetes test would give ten years warning. Riveting. Uh, they always do this. It's got to be the Express, hasn't it? They've done it as their front page story because it's going to affect more and more people. And its new hope in the battle against diabetes has emerged with a blood test that could identify healthy people at risk from the killer disease. You go through good and bad days, don't you? I mean, Christmas I particularly like because I can make myself quite ill quite easily if I, if I go for all the sweets and the toffees and stuff like that. But I don't. Uh, Donna says, I've not been able to listen for ages due to shift changes. Is Paul in Manchester still around? Yes, I should imagine he's still around. Yes, definitely. And um, another one here. Love to Tom and Ruth yesterday, Steve, says uh, Sharon. Do I count towards the spike if I'm listening from Abu Dhabi? No, you don't. No, you don't. You're a little bit too far away to contribute to the spike. But uh, everybody else is, uh, is spike 
spiking with us at 4am in the morning, which is quite nice, noticeably, actually, noticeably, so I'm very, very pleased. I've never had an allotment. I've always wanted an allotment. I think James O'Brien's got an allotment. I'm sure he's talked about having an allotment before. But there's a report that says working on allotment is good for your health. One writer says it's blooming lovely. And on the train back to Twickenham, we passed a couple of allotments, and they look really fantastic. And, uh, and it was the, the idea was to have an allotment, and you can all have a piece... You can all have a piece of the action. Is that the uh, the government were duty bound to give everybody their little piece of England, and this was a little piece of England. So you can, grow, and some people are very good with it, very industrious, and they actually uh, grow vegetables and they do all sorts of things like that. Uh, Paul Cooper loves toffee vodka. The reason he loves toffee vodka is I bought it if you remember some years ago. I went to the Ideal Home Show. And, uh, you know, that you, you wander around and you go, like a test, like a test. And you go, oh, that'll be nice. Yes, thank you very much indeed. I'll have a little try of that. And it was little tiny things. And they said toffee vodka. And so I thought, well, you know, I'll try it. I'll try it. I don't make a big song and dance about it because I, I quite fancy a flavoured vodka. I've had Mars bar vodka, which I've made myself. But this was toffee vodka. So it was, I think, 20 quid a bottle or two for 35 quid. So I bought a friend of mine a bottle. So she went home quite happy. And, and I had one, and I, ha- I put it in the fridge and forgot about it. And then I tried to open it about three weeks. I couldn't open it. I couldn't open the thing at all. I re- and I was so worried I was going to break it because it's a glass bottle. And in the end, I said to Paul, I'll bring it in and, and you can have it. And so I took it in there, and, um, and John managed to open it in about three seconds. So we both tried a little bit, and it tasted as good as I remember. He went, oh, that's nice. And then Paul Cooper took it home, and he liked it as well. So toffee vodka, whether you can buy it in shops, I don't know, whether it's just one of these things that pops up whenever they do these, you know, exhibitions everywhere and you see things and you never see them ever again. I went to a street market in Marylebone about a year ago and they had a, a luxury, what was it, a luxury, uh, also almost like Krispy Kremes donuts, but these were sort of luxury donuts which had all sorts of exotic fillings in. And they did say the best donuts you can ever buy and I should have taken a card from them because it was the best donut I'd ever eaten. Quite delicious, quite, quite delicious. And uh, and I thought, you know, you find something nice. I wouldn't eat it all the time, quite clearly, but just every so often, just to have one one sort of donut. Even the, you bring in the Krispy Kreme donuts, people leap on them like they've never seen a donut before. Uh, Sharon says, uh, great programme this morning, and now I'm sleeping at night, so listening less. Don't tell me this. I don't need this. Not with my spike. Woke up last night and did hear the interview with Tom Jones and Ruth Langsford. Excellent. Very interesting. And I enjoyed them. I've got the L- Oh, I'm still going there. I've got the LBC app and it's great. Also, Ben Winston went to school with my son and made a great video and did a speech at his bar mitzvah. See? Obviously, all the people who listen to this pro, it's all the best people, you know. Sorry, I'm just having to hit my screen just to make sure it's doing what it's supposed to be doing this morning. It all went a bit funny the other day. The whole system sort of just collapsed on top of me. Uh, another one here. <clears throat> Uh, Steve, whatever will the powers that be come up with next? I thought I'd heard everything with poppies being mistaken for red lights. Now it's lollipop ladies waving. She only waved once. She only waved once. And somebody somebody actually complained. Somebody actually complained at a lollipop. I didn't think people complained about lollipop ladies. I mean, she only waved once, bless her heart. It's gone too far, Steve, as far as I'm concerned, says Mark. I mean, what a load of old rubbish. I agree with you. I mean, why... You know, that's a nice thing, isn't it? Little kids, when they go to school, and they are little kids that get the lollipop ladies and gentlemen, and they're generally people of retirement age, and they stand there, and they're wearing... And they've got... And we knew them from school, because they've got lollipops. I don't think we actually believed they were really lollipop. We thought they were lollipop ladies and men, and they'd sort of hold up the... And the traffic would come to a grinding halt, and they'd usher you across the road, and they'd go, hello, hello, and you'd say hello back to them. Now, I mean, she's still, she doesn't wave, she bows. 
I think that company need taking out and wrapping on the back of their knuckles. Can you imagine what a bunch of miseries they must be? Cordia. I've never even heard of them. But they don't like their lollipop. So they sent a man down to supervise her to make sure she didn't wave. Isn't that dreadful? Apparently Paul Cooper must have been on the toffee vodka already as he's not made it to Cheney's yet. Oh, he's getting worse, you know. He's getting worse. It's these early mornings. He can't do it, Graham. It is Graham, isn't it? He can't, he can't do it. It's just, it's, it's too much effort for him. Too much effort. Uh, Steve, kettle crisps. Tyrrell's vegetable crisps are better. Alicia Dixon appeared twice on television in one week. One, one looking a little bit anorexic. Um, these people, when you, if you see somebody on the television who looks thin, believe you me, in real life, they're even thinner. Seriously, television makes you look a little bit fatter than you really are. So I look enormous on television. But if, if you're a thin person like Cheryl, she looks, she looks really thin. You see her in real life, there's nothing. Uh, seriously, this woman can't eat anything at all. Eat nothing at all. She's certainly not been inside the PM's new club. I think this is a Mark Burley club. And it's in Mayfair. And I think it's just called Mark's Club. And they had two and a half thousand members. Then they decided to have a, a sort of a revamp of the thing. And so they asked people to reapply again. And you pay £2,000 a year. And then it's £1,000 on top of that. And for that you can go and... They don't have any prices on the menus. Based on the uh, the old argument that if you have to ask, you can't afford it. Which, of course, is ridiculous. I hate places like that. They drive me mad. Absolutely mad. They go, uh, how, how, how much is that? They go, does sir need to ask? Yes, of course I need to ask. I mean, is it a million pounds or is it like £22.50? If it's £22.50, I can afford it. If it's a million, I can't afford it. Ah, oh, this is not the place for you, sir. It is. It becomes a little bit snooty. So they've got the Prime Minister there. And they've got a committee and they've got various other people. Kate Moss and Princess Eugenie go there. Well, I can understand Kate Moss because I think these people just join clubs. I'm not sure if David Cameron got it for free uh, because he's, he's declared it. So he might have got it free. And Princess Eugenie uh, goes there as well. Well, I wouldn't want to go to any club where Princess Eugenie went. Thank you very much indeed. But uh, people like it. Mark Burley's very well known in, uh, in Clubland for coming up with these sort of places which appeal to... Uh, to people who want to go and have dinner. It's like being a member of the Ivy Club or like a member of the Garrick. A friend of mine is, is currently trying to get into the Garrick. It's a long, slow process. You have to be sponsored by one person and then another, and then it goes to the members' vote, and then they sort of tick you in boxes and everything else. And once you've actually got there... I mean, he'd be a very good member, very good member. But he was a member of the Ivy Club as well. I always felt a bit guilty in the Ivy Club. That's sort of next to the Ivy, but a little bit along up the street. And it's all sort of... Uh, lots of no, people talk. Everybody's whispering. Nobody talks in loud voices. You know, you never hear everybody go, ah, ha, ha, ha. You don't hear that at all. You just hear sort of people being very sort of quiet and chatting away. And I always feel a bit intimidated by places like that. I'd, I'd rather sort of feel a bit more, more comfortable in my surroundings. Hence afternoon teas. I'm much better with the afternoon teas. I did like Monopoly, and I know that there's probably many of you listening who probably grew up with Monopoly. It is the, the classic board game. Um, it was re- initially rejected for having 52 fundamental errors. Uh, people always have the same things. I used to like the top hat. My brother would have the dog. My mother would have the iron. What was the other one? Must be other things as well. Anyway, uh, we always used to love it. We used to play a cut-down version Monopoly. If we didn't have enough time to play a full game, which is where you played the game out, where you landed on something and then you decided if you wanted to buy it, we used to say, right, you can throw uh, a dice and you can, you can buy you know, somewhere, so you can buy your hotels. I mean, I was never sure which ones to go for. I mean, they've sold it around the world. It turns 80, 
and it's on sale in every single country. 300 licensed versions of it, including Star Wars, Disney, Lord of the Rings, Doctor Who. Uh, there was a chocolate version for Christmas. The entire set was edible, including the money. That was sold at Neiman Marcus back in 1978. See, I like things like that. I like the idea. I think there's a gold version that came out from one particular company in America. I can't think who it was, but there was a gold version. And I thought that that was quite uh, nice. Uh, according to aficionados, the Orange Property Group is the best to own because players land on them more often as a result of chance cards. That's the one that includes Vine Street. I'm pretty certain the orange is Vine Street. And that's just as you go round the... Wait a minute. I can't see it's far too small writing. But uh, that's as you go round the corner. But And then, and, and, and if you were very lucky enough to get somebody to land on Mayfair, you know, that's £2,000, you'd say, with a big smile in your voice, watching them scrabble together the money and try and mortgage things. But it was, it was always good fun, and it's still going. To celebrate the 80th version, the uh, Monopoly current makers, Hasbro, have put real money... Uh? In 80 of the 30,000 sets made in France, the lucky buyer will each discover about £14,000. <gasps> Can you imagine? I'm so excited. I need to go to France to go and buy a copy of this. So in 80 of the 30,000 sets which are being brought out to celebrate the 80th birthday of Monopoly, it's got real money. It's got £50 notes in there or something like that. How exciting. £14,000 each they're worth. 80 of them. That doesn't encourage you to go and update your Monopoly. Nothing will. Oh, a little bit late. 14 to 6. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, Val says. Uh, your listeners, Steve, are very well connected. I have a friend who's head of new product development for a leading brand of vodka. Would you like me to have a word? Oh, yes, please. I tell you, my, my favourite one is Mars Bar Vodka. And you can make that yourself at home. You just get a bottle of vodka and uh, drink some of it. And uh, then you take a Mars bar and you just melt it in a saucepan till it's completely melted, all the little bits of caramel and everything else. And then you just pour it into the bottle. Give it a good shake, stick it in the freezer. And uh, believe you me, it's like drinking uh, a chocolate milkshake with a kick. It is, it's seriously. We used to make them uh, all the time at a bar some friends of mine had, and uh, we would be forever in the kitchen making this Mars bar vodka. You could probably do it with all sorts of things, but it seems to work particularly well with Mars bars. And, and I've seen other ones, but the toffee vodka was delicious. I don't know what they put in it, well, apart from toffee, I know. But uh, that was lovely. So I, I like the idea that... Uh, and also, could you make sure that we can actually open the lid... Because it's opening the lid that's the big problem for me nowadays. Not, uh, not the best thing. Uh, 84850. And uh, Margaret says, I inquired about a luminous spinning bottle on the gantry of our local wine bar yesterday, which turned out to be toffee vodka. Never heard of it before. Look looked most appealing, and I will try it on your rig. Oh, it's, it's like drinking toffee. Seriously, even smelling it, it smells... Well, it smells of toffee quite clearly. It's delicious. Absolutely delicious. But again, chilled. Chilled, I think. You have to sort of make sure that, um, you know... It's, it's, it's got to be ice cold. Did you know that the one thing they cannot produce is a blue rose? There's a picture in the paper today, and it's a bit unfortunate because obviously colour printing isn't what it, uh, what it should be. But this rose here, they say, this is the nearest to a blue rose. Well, it's purple. It's purple because it's a very thin line between blue and purple. It's like buying lobelia. And if you buy blue, sometimes it comes tinged with bits of purple, which is a bit of a shame because you don't really want the purple bits. You just want the blue. So they brought out this Rose Rhapsody in blue, but it, does, it doesn't look like blue as far as I'm, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, what with the... Um, uh, did you advise Alid Jones on his special? Actually, I think we've got Alid Jones coming in this week. I'm pretty certain I've got Alid Jones coming in this week to uh, to record an in conversation and uh, and I've got a guest tomorrow 
coming in for In Conversation that uh, you're very much going to be looking forward to, very much. She's, uh, she's an author, that's all I will tell you. Uh, in the, uh, the Metro today, they've done a piece about the vamps. I can't remember if we own the vamps. I get a bit confused about who we own and who we don't own. But uh, they decided, in a, in, a, in, a, in a masterful switch of PR, to actually use Brooklyn Beckham in their video. And so now they, they talk about him all the time. They go, oh, he's absolutely brilliant. He's marvellous and this and that. So they've used him in their, their video, which, of course, guarantees that they get even more coverage than they got first time round because uh, Brooklyn Beckham apparently is hot property. Well, he'd be hot property if he was working, but uh, we're not sure. I don't even know if they go to school. I don't even know if they go to school anymore, the Beckers. We never see pictures of that. They seem to flog pictures of everything else of themselves, apart from the going to school. Never got into Monopoly, says Noreen, but loved Cluedo. Isn't it funny? I liked, uh, was it Mousetrap? My brother hated setting it up. It took such a long time to set I was just fascinated by the fact you went to here, and all of a the little cage came down, and sort of, and then, and that, and that was it. And I quite liked Operation. Operation, I thought, was a very good one. Useless if you don't have a, a steady hand. Uh, Cluedo never got into, but did enjoy Monopoly and, and Jenga. Jenga was a very good game. They do garden Jenga as well. Sounding so much more better. So much, so much better, except for the cough. Yes, we, I got the cough the other day. I don't think we're ever going to shake that one. My friend uh, Jonathan is, uh, is the one trying to get to, uh, to the Garrick. And he says, uh, hopefully, should it, it should be much more relaxed and fun at the Garrick. It'll only take me about another three years. I'm getting some great front page signatures. The trouble is... I might not be around in three years' time. <laughs> might have to come knocking on heaven's door, as they say. That's a good title for a song, isn't it? I uh, hope all your listeners are safe in this fog, says Noreen. Our train home from Blackpool slightly delayed. And that's sticking to rails. The wonderful Chip Hawks in the Tremolos is 70 today. Brian Poole is 74 and still rocking them. We're seeing them on tour in uh, Canterbury in two weeks. Mars Bar Vodka. Mm, toffee Vodka. Must try. Yes. I wonder if Anthony... Down at Little Italy's got toffee vodka. That would be an interesting one, wouldn't it? Toffee vodka. I'd never seen it before. I'd never seen it before. It's like that other... I hate... If there's one thing I hate, it's uh, eggnog. I absolutely cannot abide eggnog. But there's some, I know people absolutely adore it. You'd always buy a bottle for an elderly aunt for Christmas and nobody would ever drink it. So I used to worry slightly. Uh, Simon Cowell suffered a Halloween horror show. The X Factor drew its smallest audience ever. 5.6 million and it's because they say the changes. And this is after there's a story in one of the papers today, and it's Lord Sugar who said that it's, it's gone off the boil. He said they, they, they keep putting changes in, changes for changes' sake, and, and it's not quite working out. And he's probably right, because they seem to sort of put things in, and then you sort of think, well, well how are you just allowed to do that? OK, we've just got rid of somebody, now we're bringing them back in again. And it, it doesn't necessarily work. They've got to sort of stick to the rules, not sort of adapt them as they go through. And uh, proof if proof were needed, Nick Grimshaw, dull, dull, dull to the point of boredom. Even on Alan Carr's chatty man, dull, dull, dull. And slightly camp, I thought. Slightly camp on it. Um, X Factor is, uh, is awful this year, Steve. Um, and I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't disagree, actually, Jonathan. It's, it's just it's, it's because they keep changing the rules. And if you keep changing the rule, nobody knows where they are. So, in other words, you think you've voted somebody out, 
and then they come back in again because they've sort of produced a wild card or, you know, their mother was born a Catholic. or I don't know. It's all sorts of silly rules. Now, the one thing that you worry about coming up to Christmas is the cost. It's not just the cost of a tree, which can cost you the best part of £30, £35, and you will be dragging them home, I think, if we have snow this year. And then you could put baubles on, then you've got to buy some lights, and you've got to check the lights. But the one thing you've got to make sure you get right is the food on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, depending on where you come from. And so what they've done now is Aldi have uh, hoped to stuff the discount rival little by serving up Britain's cheapest Christmas dinner. This is for eight people, turkey with all the trimmings, and they can do it for £22 and two pence, which works out at £2.75 a person, which is a penny less than Lidl. Now, this comprises of 11 must-haves, including the bird, stuffing, four types of veg, gravy and Christmas pudding. Oh, blimey, you get the Christmas pudding as well. Wow. See, I think that's absolutely... I think that's brilliant. Uh, Little do a self-basting turkey with giblets, uh, £10.99. And uh, and you look at the cost of these things. I mean, it's really good value, actually. Sainsbury's can do you the whole thing. That's £28.90 which is £3.61 a head. It makes you wonder, doesn't it, when you actually go out, and we've all done it, haven't we? You've been out and you've been to a hotel, and the hotel has sort of served you. And it can be really expensive going to hotels. £70, £75 is not unheard of, ladies and gentlemen. Some of the top hotels in London, they're looking at over 100 But when you consider these people, even the most expensive one here is... Tesco and Morrison's. £31, which is £3.96 a head. Four pounds. So if they're charging a hundred, small wonder that it's big business. Feel like opening up your own sitting room now, don't you? Making sure that uh, that people can come round. You can make a small fortune. A small fortune. You buy your turkeys in the uh, in in the right place. You make sure you get the right supplies and you get your right vegetables and everything else, and you're you're in in with a chance. Uh, some years ago, I had a rose, says Anne, called Blue Moon. It was the closest I've seen, but only appeared properly blue in a certain light. Love to see if this new one is closer. Well, it's been around since about 2003, I think. But it looks purple to me. Uh, they, 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 it's like they've never managed a black rose, have they? It's, it's sort of fairly dark, but it could just be a dark purple. You'd think you could do these things quite easily, but, uh, but not. But not. Steve says, the usual rules for short monopolies that each player is given two property cards at the start of the game and an end of game time is agreed, then all assets are counted. I used to love it. It was, it was you know, we could sit down after Christmas dinner if you had the strength to sit down and not fall asleep. And sometimes they go, should we play Monopoly? And you go, I'll just sit down, actually. I'll just sit down and sort of watch a little bit of television. You know, we'll watch the Queen's speech or something like that. Come on, come on, play Monopoly. So you sit down, and of course, you've got to get it all out. You've got to have the tin of quality street in the middle. You've got to make sure that you're happy with the, uh, with the little thing that you move around the board. And the dice are OK. And then you've got to have loads of satsumas. I think somebody should come up this year with ready-peeled satsumas. There's nothing more fiddly than having to do satsumas yourself. Ready peeled. One of the supermarkets did ready peeled uh, apples. They cut and sliced apples, which I thought was taking a little bit too far. Kevin the Milkman reckons that there's an Essex monopoly. And (laughs) is that is that a joke? I'm not sure whether you're joking. An Essex monopoly. What would that be like? (laughs) And uh, and somebody says I can't understand LBC giving Nigel Farage a three hour show. Did you hear it? Couldn't move on the phone lines. Couldn't move on the phone lines. But um, it did very well, actually. You have to realise that some things are very sort of controversial. And um, another one here, Gay and Ealing, G-A-E, says, uh, congratulations to uh, Ali Jones and the station with the increased listener stats. Yes, 
My only alternative station to LBC. Good Lord, that's fighting talk. There is no alternative to uh, LBC, as you know, if you're part of the 4am spike. Lord Sugar goes sour on the X Factor. The hacking con men now targeting pensions. Do check, do check. It's... uh, <coughs> it gets a bit complicated. The crash experts have discovered this Russian plane disintegrated at 31,000 feet. Allotments are very good for you. Uh, the X Factor fantasist, Anton Stevens, he might be able to sing. He can't tell the truth for love nor money. He now claims he was adopted. His mother went, no, he's not. No, he's not. He lived with his mother all the way through. Claims he went to Cambridge. No, he didn't. A little bit worrying. Uh, the Posh's sausages, £37 each. And Danny Dyer claims he was the victim of taunts at school where they thought he was gay because he was an actor. Oh, dear me, it can't get any worse. Oh, he's flogging a book I forgot to mention. On Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. I thought of you the other morning, says Rob. On QVC, they were selling Yankee Candle Advent calendars. Each day, a different flavour tea light. Good grief. The balmy weather out there. People were sitting on the beach the other day. Is that possible? Certainly not this morning when you look out there. Road visibility in some parts of the country is down to less than 100 metres. Take care if you're going driving. Still on the motorways. People whizzing up and down. It's absolutely ridiculous. Lord Sugar's gone sour on the X Factory. said it's lost the way. And everybody seems to agree they had their worst ever figures the other day. Trendy jackets that you're buying and they're being sold all over the place. 28 pence an hour is what the sweatshop labourers get paid to make them. The shameless model who tricked away into uni just so she could have Botox and a boob job. As I say, head transplant probably would have been much better, wouldn't it? And uh, we take all of your texts and emails. 84850 uk. Danny Dyer who's uh, in one of the papers today, is in the mirror, claiming that uh, he was picked on at school because they thought he was gay because he's an actor. And uh, all he's doing, he's flogging an autobiography. And that's about as best as it gets. It's not really that interesting. But uh, I suppose people go, oh, it's an autobiography, so you've got to read it. As if uh, anybody really cares. You now know, I mean, all the basics are there. You knew that when he got East Ended, he didn't have any money. And, um, and he swears a lot. And that's about all I can tell you about him. And he plays a hard man. But uh, it is just acting, isn't it? It is just acting. Skittles vodka is very nice, says Michelle. Just tip in a bag of Skittles and leave overnight. Yes, oh, you have to keep vodka in the freezer. It'll never freeze, obviously, quite clearly. But uh, that's the kind of thing. And uh, Luciana's there. Somebody says there is an Essex monopoly. How is this possible? Um, I mean, (laughs) is it really possible? Uh, The best game is Sorry. Uh, Christmas dinner, 22 pe- No wonder British suppliers are going bust. Well, if you shop around, you can actually, uh, you can actually get these things, can't you? Uh, Steve, I saw the X Factor for the first time Saturday. Trouble is, they say all the judges' names at the beginning, then the acts' names, then the judges come onto the stage again, shouting out the judges' names, then they bring on the act. It's, it's an old, tired, old formula now. It ne- I don't know what it needs... They thought that by dropping Louis Walsh and bringing in Nick Grimshaw, that was going to help it. But, of course, it doesn't. It's made it worse. Um, and nobody's really interested. He, all he is, he's a radio presenter. Nothing to matter with that. I'm not sort of knocking being a, a radio presenter. I found the Essex edition of Monopoly. It's £79.99. They've only got one. The Essex version. How exciting. An Essex version of it. I wonder why. It says here you get... Sorry, I'm tempted to take, take the mickey out of it. Eight playing tokens, two dice, 32 houses, 12 hotels, six condemned, and a partridge in a pear tree. There's a Chelmsford board game, Monopoly Chelmsford. Good God, I didn't realise there were so many different types, actually. There's only one in stock here. This is only £14.50. They're obviously not so excited about Chelmsford. But I suppose you could, ba- you could change it to anything. Oh, there's Highlands House. I've been there. It's quite nice, isn't it? So, you know, you can, you can buy it. You just have to go on to, uh, to Amazon, and you can probably find a Monopoly for your particular area. 
if, of course, you like playing board games at Christmas. So you could perhaps get the Essex one, and you can get Guernsey, and you can get Dundee, Lincoln, Swindon. You poor people, honestly. I feel so sorry if you're in Wolverhampton. I'm so sorry. You've got your own board game. What are you going to do? It's, it's come to that, hasn't it? I quite like the idea of, oh, there's Weymouth and Portland. I like the, uh, the, uh, the other thing. You can get all sorts of things, can't you, for all different places around the country. Really, really good. The X Factor needs Lord Sugar. Well, you can't have him. He's already on another programme. Uh, will the shameless model be done for fraud? No. No, absolutely not. No. If, in fact, I can, I can probably fill you in on that one. Um, almost now, what the law says. This is a, this is a woman who is... Um, uh, she tricked her way into uni... And she got um, £14,000. So, so she sort of started pretending she was a student. She got the loan and then she spent it on a boob job and Botox. She said, I'm not even a student and I don't intend to repay it. And you look at a picture of her. She's not blessed with looks. She's really... I mean, there is no way you could ever create a model out of this person. She doesn't look like a model. She doesn't have any bone structure for a model. I think perhaps some people think that if you do your hair up and you stick on some lipstick and look a bit miserable and have big boobs, that makes you a model. Of course it doesn't. And in her case, it really doesn't. I mean, she is desperately unattractive. I mean, desperately. I mean, there's nothing here. She says, I'm glad I invested my body rather than my brain. But what does the law say? Student loans are, more, are automatically repaid once you earn over a certain threshold and are wiped clear after 30 years. No debt collectors will come knocking and student loans do not go on credit files. Your tuition fees are automatically paid by the student loan company, so your university can never be cheated out of fees. It's just the maintenance loan that's free to be spent how you see fit, whether it's on rent, books, food or even boob jobs. And so that's what she's done. She's decided to, uh, to spend it. She says um, she's just spent a lot of money. And so her university loan, which has left her with a huge debt with interest, comes to 17,572. She doesn't have to pay it back until she starts earning more than 17 grand a year. But of course, looking at a picture of her, there's no chance she's ever going to be earning 17 grand a year. You've only got to look at the picture yourself to realise this woman couldn't be a model if she was the last person on a desert island and owned the tree. I mean, she's just not. I don't know what they've had to do to her, but this is the best she's ever going to look. So it's great. I mean, I couldn't really care less either way. It's, you know, that people are that stupid enough, you know, to um, to sort of give money to somebody like that without even checking. Well, then fair enough. You know, some students get saddled with it because they want to be intelligent. She's quite clearly not bright enough. So she's had 14 grand, you know, but look at her. People will be laughing at this picture today going, darling, not a cat in hell's chance of you ever being a model for anybody at all, unless you'll be doing 35 millimeter films. And that's about it. So not done for fraud. They can do with it what they want. You can spend it on shoes as far as they're concerned. It's just a case of you just feel I don't even feel cheated by it. I don't even feel cheated by it. Kevin says they could never do a Shoreditch monopoly. It'd be all advertising agencies and coffee shops. I think they actually, you know, to be honest with you, they probably could do a Shoreditch one. They probably could do it. Uh, wonder, Steve, the only way to improve the X Factor is to fire all the panel. Well, I mean, it, it's the only person who, who knows exactly what he's looking for on there and he's looking to make some money would be... Simon Cowell. Wouldn't be anybody else. I mean, Cheryl Cole's got no idea of how to sort of get stuff in the charts. She can only rely on other people to get her into the charts. Uh, Rita Ora, I don't really know whether she understands the business fully, and Nick Grimshaw just plays records. He doesn't actually have a history of creating anybody. So what, what's the point? How did this woman get to university? Well, she didn't. She just went on a course. And then the moment she got the money, she opted out of the course. And that's, and that's it. I mean, she's obviously quite, quite devious, and it's obviously worked for her. But as I say, at the end of the day, you look at the pictures of her and you, you just do despair. 
because you think to yourself it's just never, ever going to happen. Never going to happen. Uh, Melinda says, I know you love all things real estate. I have not seen Million Dollar Listing New York. Um, oh, I wait a minute. I have seen it. I have seen it. Uh, this is Michael and Ryan, the estate agents, but it's the clients. They're all so wealthy and obstreperous. See, I like, I like people like that. Mind you, also possibly some of the dumbest. They're always the most interesting ones, aren't they? Um, because they're, they're sort of, they have so much money and they're just guided by somebody else saying, you need this or you need that. Oh, did I? Oh, I forgot to mention. I knew there was something. There's a new carry-on film expected to hit cinemas in 2017. Oh. Apparently the comedy movie will be uh, the 32nd in the series that made, of course, Barbara Windsor a household name. A script expected to be in place by April and filming taking place at Pinewood. The managing director of Carry On Films, Nigel Gordon-Stewart, said, I'm 100% sure this will work. We will not dash the fans' hope. It won't work. I'll tell you now it won't work. You cannot reinvent a Carry On film. The reason that they worked is because of the people in them. You cannot re- they, they did try and do a Carry On, didn't they? And uh, it didn't work at all. It was a total disaster. Total disaster. So, you know, they really shouldn't bother. They, they really shouldn't bother with it. Leave as is and let people enjoy exactly, you know, what they've got with those films. But you'll never, you can never remake them. You can never remake them. They will never, ever be as they were. And it's because of the cast. The cast were there at the right time. They were put together and it was beautiful. Lord Sugar has accused the X Factor of conning the public. He said the new series is gimmicky and confusing. Well, it certainly is with Cheryl there. She doesn't look like she knows where she is half the time anyway. He branded Simon Cowell, Cheryl Fernandez-Spagbol, Nick Grimshaw and Rita Ora pathetic for their attempts to make the ITV show more tense. He said they're constantly coming up with gimmicks which take the mickey out of the public. And that's reflected in the viewing figures which are going, like the Titanic, down. It is true. Nick Grimshaw doesn't know anything about it. They sit there. They just don't seem to understand what the public want. That's why you've not seen him on television before now, apart from on a couple of pathetic shows which have been shoved away on BBC Six or whatever it is. And, uh, and that's as good as it gets. I think maybe it's, it's had its day. Let's hang on to Britain's Got Talent, but lose the X Factor, because it's the same people coming round and round. They go, wait a minute, we've seen you before. What are you going to sing for us this time round as we go into sort of year three? And it becomes terribly tedious. Quarter past six. Steve Allen on LBC. We seem to be slightly divided this morning on whether the carry-on film will actually make it. The answer is, as far as I'm concerned, it won't. And le- Because what they'll probably do is they'll try and find somebody who's a bit like Kenneth Williams, somebody who's a bit like Barbara, somebody who's a bit like Hattie Jakes, somebody who's a bit like Sid. And, of course, that's no use. That's no use. It only worked because, in that time, you knew these people through the carry-ons, and they worked as a team. People wouldn't now, because they're just doing a one-off. Nobody cares. They, they tried it before with Julian Clary, and it was a total disaster, an absolute unmitigated, terrible waste of money. Terrible waste of money. Don't try and remake something. You cannot improve on what was practically perfection. It was the double entendres, it was the music, it was the full orchestra, it was the sets, it was everything. It was, it was typically British. You don't want something that's made in 2015. Goodness sake, honestly. And uh, another one here that says, uh, you're spot on. Same with the X Factor. Change the cast or change the judges and they will flop. Yes, I mean, I don't think you can save the, the X Factor. I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's a savable thing. And the reason I don't think it's a savable thing is because I think we've run the route. I don't think there is any more talent to discover in this country. You know, you look at the state of some of these girl bands that pitch up there, vastly overweight, horrible outfits and everything else, and they're really just not very good. And then you think, 
And they keep putting these people through, and you think, no, they're rubbish. These people have got a sell record. That's all he's interested in. He's not interested in any longevity. If that kicks off, well, brilliant. He's never going to find another One Direction. But there again, they appear to be all breaking up little bit by bit by bit. They've sort of they've gone their own separate ways. They don't travel together. I don't think they socialise together, apart from a couple of them. So, you know, you, you, you have to be very careful. It's a difficult thing to build on. Very difficult. And girl bands as well, notoriously awful to uh, to manage. Ask Louis Walsh. She'll tell you all about girl bands. Oh, blimey. Uh, Ollie Mers is in danger of becoming terribly, terribly naff. Not being content to being a singer, he's decided now he wants to be a presenter. And to be brutally honest... It's not really working out. He's being dragged down by lame presenter herself, Caroline Flack. Now he's talking about uh, his own fragrance. He won't be releasing it. Thank God for that. He's had other people have got them. One Direction. Oh, yeah, because they've really had a lot of hand in that. Justin Bieber and David Beckham. David, they're all pitched at the lower end of the market. Have you noticed? There's nobody anything, you know, there's no sort of classy aftershaves. You know, the Beckhams, I forget what it is. But you sort of look at it and think, do you really want to smell like David Beckham? Do you really want to smell like David Beckham? Not that we know what he smells like. Uh, As you know, says uh, the other Danny Cohen, I love car crash TV for all the wrong reasons. So uh, even I had trouble with the X Factor. Watch the first 45 minutes with my thumb on the fast forward on the Sky Plus. I will not be watching the remainder of the series. David Beckham's uh, aftershave is selling at the... uh, It's called Beyond... I think that's means you need to take it far, far away. And it's a staggering sum of £18.50. So that's, that's really an expense... Not, not expensive at all, actually, is it? It's a very, a very cheap aftershave. £18.50. I mean, I ask you, ladies and gentlemen. That's why it's pitched at a certain market. You know, pitched at a, at a certain market. Somebody who thinks £18.50 is what you spend on, on, uh, on aftershave. And to be honest with you, by the time you've taken away the bottle, the packaging and everything else, you're left with something that's probably worth about two or three quid. I would think that's about it. It wouldn't have any longevity to it, and it would, it would smell of sort of all sorts of different, different things. They say here, uh, inspired by David's life motto, hold your, hold your horses on this one, David's life motto is, no matter how small you start, always dream big. The modern masculine scent is an expression of his energy, determination and strength of mind. And the fact he models pants. OK, so that gives you a rough idea. That's David's life motto. Well, I must go and buy it immediately. Charlie Girling says, just you leave Ollie alone. He's a lovely boy. He is a lovely boy, but he's in danger of being dragged down by that Caroline Flock woman. Seriously, the only good thing for her is wallpaper. You can't do anything else with her at all. David's life motto, no matter how small you start, always dream, always dream big. I'm going to dream big today, actually. Dream big. Great, wouldn't it? That's what David's life motto is. I would also carry your four-year-old daughter around everywhere. Uh, front pages of the uh, the papers. There they are. And moving on, I'll tell you very quickly. Uh, exposed on the X Factor, Cowell's Act made up his adoption story. But of course, they're just grateful for a bit of publicity, so we can all point and laugh at this man who's quite clearly slightly delusional. The experts fear uh, the Russian airliner was blown apart by an ISIS bomb, broke up at 31,000 feet, no distress call from the pilot, that's the front of the metro as well, together with um, Kylie Minogue who turned on the charm and the festive lights she's about as big as festive lights isn't she really uh, the Daily Express, 72 degrees Fahrenheit, it's the, uh, the hottest start to November on record what a scorcher uh, caring Prince Harry, 
Hugging a girl again. Very inappropriate. Very inappropriate behaviour. You know, stop trying to pretend you're one of us, Harry. It's not any good. Uh, my DNA test to see if I'm black by Tom Jones. Is wine ruining your looks? And the gangs using the details stolen in cyber attacks on Talk Talk and 14 other firms to prey on the cash-rich elderly. Isn't it lovely how they automatically assume that if you're elderly, you're cash-rich? Daily Mirror, Danny Dyer's dreary little autobiography. I mean, what's that he done? I was the victim of gay taunts. Oh, please. I mean, spare me. Gangs forced me to move house and why I let my missus do all the work at home. <sighs> oh, dear. Are you doing all the other stories as well, Danny? The other stories we know you can do so well. Tears at the Palace and another hug from Prince Harry, who's had his beard trimmed a little bit. And uh, there's a pretty girl there. A lot of touching, which we don't like. It's very inappropriate. Uh, one in four cancers diagnosed in A&E. Uh, also, the, the mist rising in Cumbria. In, uh, in Keswick the other day. And it's all over the place at the moment. So uh, so be uh, be careful out there if you're driving on the roads. It's not great. And just make sure that you're staying well away from the car in front and the car behind stays well away from you. Put your fog lamps on if you're travelling on the, on the motorways. The Russian jet broke up in flight, say investigators. And that, as they say, is just about it for this morning, being Monday the 2nd of November. So I think we've just about sorted out the world. We've discovered you can get an Essex version of Monopoly. Your trendy jackets, 28 pence an hour, the people who make them, but we never ask, do we? We never care. The poshest sausages, £37, a sausage. The Maddie Cops quizzing a serial killer, which was the story I brought you yesterday on LBC. Jamie Oliver now claims he gives his kids sweets, having told us he wants to cut out sugar. Little bit hypocritical. The trains that could be cancelled for Christmas allotments are very good for you. And inside the Prime Minister's new club, it's got Eugenie, so we kind of left it to one side, I think, this morning. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning between 4 and 6.30. You can be part of the 4am spike uh, and join the... Hundreds of thousands of other people who also join the 4am spike. If you're sitting there thinking there's never anything on the radio, make sure you're with us at four o'clock. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Steve Allen Show. You can download our free podcast. If you go to the LBC website, there is an LBC app. It's free to download and it means that the free podcast arrives at your telephone every day, which is where we look at the wonderful world of celebrity. And if you want to know more about podcasting, go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. UK. Thank you for all your texts and emails this morning. Have a nice day. I'm hoping that it clears a little bit later. I didn't bother bringing you the weather because I assume you're out there now and you're probably thinking to yourself, can it get any worse? I do hope not. But with the temperature fluctuation, that's why you're getting it.